Hello and start this bitch from the beautiful oh, damn, central coast of California. Oh, it's the Doctor oh, Death ready. Danger I'm Radio Show. Ready. Super ready. If I was a superhero. Why do you keep saying that? I don't know. What kind of characteristics is Mariah Carey? Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Dr. Danger Radio Show with your boys and good hosts, James and Edward. Sorry for the delayed week. It's been a minute. Well, mostly because of a week. Yeah. I've been busy and injured, but I could have still made the podcast. But good host, Edward, had a busy week. What's good with you, good host, Edward? Hey, hey, James. What's hey. up, dog? Sorry, I was thinking because I was like, <laughs> I don't know if you listened to that Wrestling Observer Live episode where he actually wore the whale costume. Oh, no, I saw. And he was just going, hey, hey, it's Oreo the Orca. And then I love every time when you're like going to commercial, you just hear him going, Fucking bitch, fuck, Jesus, fuck, it's so hot in this thing. Oh, God. Hey, hey, welcome back. Oreo the Orca here. That was that was pretty good. I wasn't pleased with the segment, but Raw was fine. Hello, Mike Sepervivi. Yes, Brian is a dirtbag. So I'm fine. Um, so in between last episode and this episode... Um, in short words, I've been... We took an off week. Maybe I should have posted... I thought about maybe doing a quick recording. I don't know. Here's an idea. And re- remember, listeners, as I keep remembering, we have fucking timestamps. I forget that we have timestamps that we can always say. You write the timestamps. Yes. But I keep forgetting to say it. You say it every episode. But an idea, though. <laughs> should I always, like, when off week, should I just do a quick update to explain, hey, we're off this week? And, you can. And maybe I can shoot you a phone call and you can quickly say hi. Yeah, you can if you want. Um, I thought about it, but then I kind of was like, I injured I injured and dislocated my shoulder. So I kind of was taking a rest week and also then learning the ropes of like how to do Uber Eats and Instacart. So some of my priorities weren't really there. But at the same time, we played a sick show. Yeah, I was going to say in a few words, I have been busy as Fall. Lay it loose. So we played a sick show for this madman's birthday. Also, it was James's birthday. Woo! Happy birthday! Woo! Like two weeks ago. Those are air horns. Yeah, we played a show at his um garage, and at the garage, did we? Were smooth. we doing the podcast when we did when you did your murder set last year? We were right. Maybe. No. Well, I think we started the podcast during the pandemic, right? That's right. Oh, you're right. Okay. So last year, James had a Well, in 2019. Yeah. In the year sorry. prior was like a pandemic and no one was doing shows. Right, right. So back in 2019, James had an idea. Hey, what if I play a set with like all my bands? And he did it again this year, except this time there was two extra bands. So you mean one extra band? Oh, yeah. That's right. I played three bands on the first Blood Sport. I only remember two. Well, that's all you need to remember. <laughs> I'm in one of them, so that's yeah. that's why. Yeah, but this year I had four bands, but not as long as set, but still tiring. Yes. Because I do have a band that has bullshit drumming because 
it's death metal guy come on i i need to do a little bit of that double kick action oh is that the wise guy jazz guy and fucking you know i got like a lot of those songs go up to three minutes Ooh. like to the first band was like the longest song is a minute okay maybe two minutes the fucking the friggin one like ripping dad rocker yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but all the other songs are like a minute long and the other band's like a minute and a half to two minutes long just one same pace and the other band has slow songs. Yeah. But some short songs. So after that show, then I took a quick trip with the family to Disneyland. Um, because I don't care how old I am. Disneyland's always going to be fucking cool. Except, I don't know. They've been pissing me off a lot this last year. Partially, what? Partially because... What is going on? Partially because... Okay, so first, for about five years, I was an annual pass holder now good friend bone steel who's in the know is like oh yeah they they hate that thing they wanted to get rid of it which if you're a disney nerd like me who pays attention to company bullshit yeah of course but it's like they never do that they never get rid of it mm. so earlier this year they took away the annual pass they had they brought it back it's the exact same thing, different name, slightly different color scheme, and they raised the prices $100 each tier. Hey. So I didn't have an annual pass to get me sick discounts, but it's fine. Um, everything's by reservation now. You have to book your the days you're going to go and which park. Uh, now, here's my next qu- now, here's a question. Yes. Were the parks more chill? Yeah. All right. They would have been way more chill, though, if it wasn't for one thing. They got rid of the Fast Pass. Because Disney... Wait, wait, wait. Repeat that statement. They got rid of the Fast Pass. Why? (laughs) Because... (laughs) Wait, what is this law? Why did they get rid of it? They got rid of the Fast Pass because they want to... they're, They're in the process of replacing it with two different things. One is called Genie Plus. So there's an app. It's called Genie. But if you have Genie Plus, you can book Fast Pass for regular rides on there. And there's another thing called Lightning Lane, which is what you can use to book Fast Passes for the big premiere holy shit rides. We're talking Space Mountain and Credit Coasters, a.k.a. Screaming California. We're talking uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, a.k.a. Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, which they never should have gotten fucking rid of. Um, uh, dude, the breakout's pretty sick, though. No, it's cool, but bro, Twilight Zone. Dude, it's hard to say. Twilight Zone. Hey, I, and luckily I was uh, privileged enough and fortunate enough to go there during the time when the Twilight Zone ride. Oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been there for but a long, long time. I'm just saying, there's a little bit more, like, the Guardians oh, engagement. the atmosphere, the build-up. Yeah, but the Guardians engagement, there's a little bit more fun to it. Well, yeah, maybe. Cool. Uh, the Rocket Raccoon animatronic's pretty cool, too. Yeah. But, yeah, um, also Marvel Land is open. Um, and the Spider-Man ride, pretty sick. Wait, what's the Spider-Man ride? Okay, so you, remember, you know Toy Story Mania? You know how you play, you're in the little cart and you have to score points? It's like that, but it's different because you ride in carts of four people. They have arm sensors and you wear 3D glasses. It's another thing for points, but you flick your arm like Spider-Man and you have to defeat robots. <laughs> That's pretty sick, bro. It's actually kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I, really like, don't, bro, I really don't care about Marvel, but I really fucking love Spider-Man. Dude, I fucked myself hard last night. Because I just went on a fucking Spider-Man movie marathon. Oh, dude. I watched the first Raimi Spider-Man. And Still then, good, right? And then I fucking watched both the Tom Holland ones. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch Spider-Man 2 once we're done with this shit tonight. Well, yeah, because Spider-Man 2 is... I Listen, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's just nostalgia. You know what? Eat a dick. Here's I don't thing, care. I, that second Sam's Raimi Spider-Man movie is great. Here's the thing. There's it's a almost little, perfect. Here's the thing. There's a little awkward in camp with the first Spider-Man. I like that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like, we're going to... St- like, that's the fact. Like, we're yeah, watching yeah. that, and then, like, Tom Holland. Tom Holland's got the, ha cute Marvel comedy, uh-huh, really. Quirk, 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 cute and quirky. And I feel like Tom Holland's a better... Well, Tom Tom Holland is being a better actor than Tobey Maguire. He's a twink. Yeah, but Tobey Maguire could be a little stiff. But the same. I thought he was but fine. But like, his life sucks way more than fucking Tom Holland's Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, 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 I watched Tobey Maguire on screen and I thought to myself, you know what? This perfectly <laughs> encapsulates a guy who's had to put up with some shit, who's really smart, but also in a lot of ways, maybe socially and mentally stunted. It was like, just like, hey, MJ, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, MJ, how's hey, it going? But hey, it works. MJ. It makes your oh, story more so believable because cool. I would say Tom Holland Whatever. and Andrew. I would say Tom Holland and Andrew I'm Garf- the human spider. What? <laughs> I am the human spider. That's a dumb name. Plus, I would argue that he's not as attractive as Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland. So to me, it made the romance with him and MJ like, oh, she likes him for yeah. him. But oh, dude, William Dafoe is so great. Oh, dude. He's basically just doing. Hey, Gobby, what are you doing here? <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> bitsy bitsy spider Girl went down the water, water spout. spout. Here comes the goblin to <laughs> flush the spider out. It's so good. I was so, you know, in some time. Because you can't do this. This is my company. You know what? Because like, because like. Listen, Doc Ock is the standout character from the Sam Raimi trilogy, but fuck, dude. Well, that's because I loved William Defoe, and I just love William Defoe, but I loved his Green Goblin. Oh, dude, his Green Goblin is just great. It's so just him being sick. a psychopath. Oh, I know. He's basically kind of he's kind of just channeling. Don't get me wrong; he was always a weird guy in the comics. He's kind of just channeling Joker in the movie, but I don't care. It's great. <laughs> Oh, dude. But, but yeah, the Spider-Man ride is pretty sick. You have to stop a bunch of robots and your arm's going to tire the fuck out. And you're just going flip, flip. Oh, yeah, flip. yeah, yeah. Were you going flip, 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 flip? I did a few times. Flip, flip, flip. Even my mom liked it. She's not big on those uh, motion rides. And my dad, who, because they serve more alcohol in California Park than Disneyland. Oh, the old man was having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> he still scored more fucking points than me. He's just gonna have you know what sucks? He beat me on Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters for years, and I finally started to be able to beat him. He beat me on Midway Mania for years, but I was finally able to beat him. I'm like, fuck yeah. Now he's kicking my ass at Spider-Man. He doesn't even read comics anymore. Doesn't need to. Spider-Man rules. Spider-Man does rule. But the point is, so yeah, that um oh yeah. Can it be so, Thursday already? So the fucking I want to go see the new Spider-Man movie. So the fucking I'm extremely <laughs> marked out and hyped to see it. So the about the fucking fast passes. TLDR, they want it so that you have to pay for fast passes now. Oh, okay. And you can either do it per ride or you can pay a fee and it's for the whole day. But ba- you, you ba- can fast pass everything? For the most part. Not everything has it, just like how not everything has fast passes anyway. Well, I could pay for a fast pass all day and I could just go in the fast pass line for Space Mountain, no probs. 
No, I don't like that look in your eye. James, it's bad. You didn't have to pay for fast passes before. Yeah, I know you didn't have to, but you had to do the bullshit where you're like, you're like blocked out for an hour getting other fast passes. It made it fair and balanced. Yeah, it's fucking not, but still. It's your and Jake's fault because you guys are like, oh, if we can't fast pass, we're not going to stand in line. Even though Disneyland is literally just standing in lines, we're going to go to Space Mountain and get a fast pass. This is real, people. They want to go to Space Mountain to get a fast pass. And then it's like, okay, what are we going to do now? But then Jake was going to be like, well, actually, now let's go back over to Screamin', California Screamin' and Credit Coaster to get a fast pass there. I'm like, what the fuck? And then we get the fast pass and then they'd be like, all right, what are we doing now? And then they want to be like, eh, the line's really slow at Big Thunder. Let's walk back to the park. I'm like, fuck you guys. I'm fat. I don't want to walk that much. I can do the walk at Disneyland. I've done 12 hour days at Disneyland on like four hours of sleep. But you can't possibly tell me that it's that it's a good idea to just no. People relied too much on the fast pass. Bite the bullet. Wait in line like a man. Yeah, how brutal was Space Mountain's lines? Uh, well, me and Dad always hit that up first thing in the morning, so it was like 20 minutes. <laughs> Bro, it's Space Mountain. We the only there's only three options to hit rides first. Okay, four during the holidays. Space Mountain gets packed. Peter Pan gets packed. Splash Mountain gets packed. Haunted Mansion gets packed, but especially during the holidays because they do the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. That's also acceptable to hit first thing about Splash in the Mountain though. No, you only want to do that during summer. Yeah, no one wants to do that when it's not summer and it's cold. One time, like me you're and the, gonna get soaked at Splash Mountain. The dumbest thing me and my folks ever did at Splash Mountain was one time we rode that at Christmas and it started to rain, but we were like, "Fuck it, we're at Disneyland." Yeah, we only did that once, but yeah. And then um, my dad has had two surgeries um, within 12 months of each other, so he was on cane. He's recovered really good though. Give him props. But because of that. We were able to apply for what I like to call FOL services, front of the line, because years ago when my mom had it, um, had surgeries, she was literally able, they saw her cane, they were like, hey, you and your party want to jump to the front of the line? And we're like, okay, baller. But they changed it up. They have kiosks throughout the park to do it now. You have to wait in line. And basically, basically, here's how it works. My dad had a cane and they were like, oh, are you using the electric wheelchair or are you going to use the electric wheelchair? My dad's like, well, no, I can still walk, but doing all the climbing and just standing around, it hurts. And they're like, okay, they basically tell us what we can do is we can, we can basically, we can queue you up for a virtual queue. And then when your queue time is here, you have the entire rest of the day to fulfill on it. And you can go in right away through the, what's essentially the fast pass line to get to not the front of the line, but you just, you're just able to use the fast pass thing. So basically they're like, unless you're in a wheelchair, go fuck yourself. So it's like, okay, cool. Uh, but other than that, nothing too um, crazy, noteworthy happened. I got to get props for my dad. He did some MacGyver kind of shit. Because, what? <laughs> because okay, so um, my dad uses a cane, but he's trying to train himself to stand up straight because he doesn't want to walk with a limp. So he came up with an idea. Sometimes around the house, he'll walk with two canes. So what he did was he took a bag cut a hole in it 
put one of his collapsible canes in the bag and then attached a strap to it and then walked around with it all day like a satchel. And then at night, he would just be like, he just whip out the canes. And dude, you don't understand that old man walks fucking fast. Like he was out pacing. He was out pacing me and my mom sometimes. And we had a foot race, actually, uh, because dad was feeling a little honorary that night. And and then we had a race from the top of the pier to Screaming California. And the this dude stiff armed me to get to the finish line. You know what it's like to get a cane shoved into your leg? Doesn't feel good. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, That's no, beautiful. But it was a fine trip. We came back on Tuesday. And the reason why I had to go to a shift on Tuesday was because it was a fucking hassle getting the days off. So before, I've asked for more than two days off, sometimes in December, and it was granted. But since my promotion, boss told me, hey, why are you requesting these days off? I'm like... Well, because I'm going to use my vacation time. She's like, nah, during November, December, uh, member uh, managers can't ask for more than two days off in a row. I'm like, oh, shit. So we had to. But and at first I thought the trip was canceled, but we were able to work it out. And she's like, all right, I can give you two days. I'm like, OK. But then the next day she's like, you know what? I can give you three. I'm like, OK, cool. Then about two weeks before the freaking trip, she's like. Why? Why do you have three days off? And I said, well, because you told me it'd be okay. She said, what? I said, yeah, remember you told me you can give me the three days off. She said, no, I can't do that. I can't do it. You can't have that many days off. You're not supposed to ask that many days off. And I said, I didn't ask for the three days off. You told me to pick the two days. I picked the two days. And then you said three. There was a pause. No, I can't do that. I'm like, fuck. So that's why I had to come in on Tuesday and I've just been working nonstop since Tuesday to yesterday. And except for Tuesday, it's all been eight hours at Christmas time. So I'm feeling the fatigue. (laughs) You're feeling the fatigue. Yeah. And then when I'm home, I'm just relaxing. I'm trying to play Persona 5 because I finally played that after all these years. And I'm just doing that, listening to my audiobook and typo negative. Sounds tight. How was your week and a half? I kind of explained it, bro. Maybe. Oh yeah, wait, you did say that. I might have did. If there was, a, I'll do a quick spark notes. Um, I'm after on the my podcast. birthday show. I d- dislocated my shoulder, so I got injured that shit. Right. And then, like for the last week, I was learning how to like do Uber Eats and friggin' Instacart deliveries. It's okay. Like maybe in a bigger town, and you have a nicer vehicle that's a little bit more gas sipper, more gas sipping. I would say it's definitely more viable. But for me, I'm just was doing job interviews and just trying to get another job. And then on Saturday, I went to a show in L.A., pretty sick punk show. It was a fucking it's actually been one of the most freaking trashiest disasters I've been to in a minute. Like that shit fucking like the first band advertised didn't start playing till like till like 45 minutes after when it was first advertised. And then like I didn't even catch them. Because I took a minute to walk in, and when I walked in, the second band only had like thirty people watching that shit, and this was like a two day festival bullshit. So I'm like, I'm like, great, these L- these shitty LA fucking shows, and this shit went till fucking one in the morning, and I'm just like, brutal. And then I like drove all the way home. Yeah. And then friggin' I took it, and then like the next day I went on a hiking date with a friggin' lady that friggin' uh, I guess I met at my birthday show. He doesn't remember. I did like she said hi to me after I after I was done with all my like j- jamming all that shit and I walked out. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going off. 
And I almost was about to whip out my gut and then friggin' just like this lady started talking to me. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, thank you. And stuff. But I'm just like, whatever. Thanks. And then friggin', yeah, she like hit me up like a little later that evening. And then like we talked and like I went on a date with her and saw House of Gucci. That movie was sick. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's not like some like you premiere freaking hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes cinema. Can't say that. But it's a fun movie to watch. Like, I feel like the actors had a fun time doing this movie. That's good. I'm just saying, dude, who wouldn't want to be fucking going around wiling out buying coutages <laughs> after going through a divorce and playing that character? I barely know what that is. Don't worry, don't trip. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, then I went on a hiking exercise with this like lady I'm talking to for a second date. And forget, I got her all gassed out. Like, freaking, she was trying to be cool and try to like, outpace me up the hill and i'm like trying to keep my pace nice and like breathable and then like she's like go she was just like at points walking far ahead of me but just in the great tale of like the freaking rabbit like with the rabbit versus the turtle in the race slow and steady wins the race as she like hit like some steep spots and was getting gassed out but i'm like Here's the thing. I'm prepared. I know this shit. So I was like going past her. She like went past me again. But once we're getting more to the top of the hill, she started slowing down and I started going, picking up. <laughs> um, Actually, it's the tortoise and the hare. Tortoise and the hare. Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> fucking remember how to say that shit. But did that and got some sick Mexican food and shit. That's hype. And yeah, she looked like she wanted to pass out in the restaurant for an exhaustion or whatever. That's fun. Yeah, no, kind of great second date. Lucky bastard dating these hot chicks. I guess. Oh, yeah. She also said she was a stripper for a year in Vegas. There was I mean, that I, for I me. mean I'm in a relate. I was literally talking to the missus and I was just like, man, fucking buddy James dating all these hot chicks. And, and I'm like, just going on dates. And, and then she's like, you're literally in a relationship. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not goth. He gets he can get goth chicks. Well, at least I'm talking to them. But then it kind of just usually awkward's out. And I'm like, I'm moving off my life. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I know. But yeah, and I was like telling you like this little youngster listens to like Static X and freaking Limp Bizkit. And I'm like casually cringing because I'm like laughing at the Limp Bizkit lines. (laughs) And she's like, are you laughing at my music? I'm like, no, (laughs) no. Are you sure? What are you laughing about? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just laughing. I'm just like, you can't even hold it back on a date. No. Oh, man, that's funny. I would say she wanted to be cool and start blasting it, like, try to be cool and start blasting, like, status. I'm just trying to enjoy enjoy nature. Breathe in, the br- breathe in the brisk cold air. Stare at the view of the ocean. Just one of those days you don't want to Oh, that song up. was playing. Fuck yeah. And I'm just like, all right then. But eventually, yes, yeah, so she gassed out. She almost got nauseated, but she wanted to try to be cool in a toughie and didn't, like, want to communicate that to me. Yeah. But, hey. It was a cool hiking date. Oh, I guess I'll see her again on Friday. Hype. Yeah. Nothing scandalous has happened. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. That's life. Speaking of time hi- stamps, if you ever just want to skip this portion. So, say, speaking of hype, should we get to our hype new segment, which I guess isn't new because it's been a segment for what, a month now? All right. Yeah. Let me pull up the freaking bumper real quick and then we'll do hot or not. Yeah. All right, listeners, uh, for today's freaking hot or not sent by good friend Jake Bonesteel is uh, this band called Action Slash Adventure. Action. Huh. Action Adventure. 
action adventure. I see. That's what they're called. Um, seems like they've been a band for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, here, let me pull up a quick like bio. Well, sure. Maybe. I guess we'll read out the bio. Chicago's Action Adventure is a pop punk band that you, you didn't know you needed. <laughs> the dynamic five piece of all multi-instrumentalists who have been playing together for nearly a decade, their sound and lyrics are all influenced by established post-slash-melodic hardcore bands that grew up listening to, like Senses Fail, Four Years Strong, The Story So Far. The group's head not including tunes have freaking gotten attention from the alt-scene tastemakers like, like Alt, Press, and Kerrang!, who have noted that their sound includes crunchy guitar riffs and tight drums and heavier riffs and growly, sometimes drawn out vocals, respectively. They've also secured a slot at the final Vans Warped Tour in 2018. Action Adventure has now successfully planted their flag in the national landscape of the pop punk scene following a nearly overnight viral success for their impact music video for their powerful 60 second song single Barricades on TikTok. Okay. That explains the fucking song you like share me. It's a TikTok song. But their hashtag pop punk in color. The video details specific discrimination that each member has faced the group of entirely friggin' BIPOC while playing at pop punk shows. Within three weeks, the guys had one million plus views on the video and an email from their dream label in their inbox. Now poised to release their first EP signed onto Pure Noise Records, mm-hmm. pulling in focus. They're set to make more waves in the scene now as label mates with the same acts they grew up listening to. The music video for the lead single poser drops along pulling focus on April 30th, 2021. That was the fucking Spotify bio. Sounds like they're wasting their talents on this genre, but you know what? That gives me hope that this will be pretty good. Definitely will be something different. So this is the song Barricade. This is the song Barricades by Action Adventure. So I had to make sure I was recording. It is a 60 second song. It's only 60 seconds? I know, this will be an easy one. Yeah. I know. I went for the fucked up day where he has to make us listen to an 8 minute song. <laughs> and I'll be like, son of a bitch. You know, Dream Theater does have a new album. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll tell you this, I like their guitar tone. Bro, that was so grind. Uh, no. (laughs) No, it was short. It was short, yes. Grind. No, that wasn't half bad. Um, I mean... I definitely want to. I'm definitely curious about that band now. Um, I was really trying to pay attention to the lyrics because, you know, lyrics are an important part of songs. And especially with pop punk, when it gets really samey, the lyrics are what really attract people and connect them. Um, and um, I, I was definitely feeling what they were going for because you mentioned that they all face discrimination. Um, are they like a, I don't know how to ask this without sounding weird, are they like a not like white? band or something oh well, i have a feeling uh let me look up this band picture um there's like two black gentlemen mm. one that could pass off as latino uh-huh. if i'm being a dickhead profiling i sound horrible but but the other two look pretty white okay 
So, okay. No, definitely. Um, so they're definitely, uh, they're definitely a band with a lot of, uh, I guess you could just say social awareness or whatever. For sure. Now, um, it was only 60 seconds. Honestly, I'd give that a hot. You give it a hot, um, like the guitar tone. I really do. Cause it's, it's light enough to where, you know, the, uh, the chords when they do punk chords, it's not going to sound muddy. Um, but it's heavy enough. You can tell that if they wanted to do some sick, like crunch, crunch riffs, which this song didn't really didn't do a lot, uh, it can do it for that. So listening to them, I, I hear a lot of versatility from them, which I guess makes sense. Apparently they're all multi-instrumentals. Like you said, can really hear the bass too, too much. Um, cause you know, that's just the way production is nowadays, but well, we're not, it was good. We're worried about songwriting, not production too much. Well, no, I know. If, but like, just, if production is the only thing that caught your eye, then how does that say for the no, song? No, 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 like, no. I'm, I'm saying on the, the debate. I'm like, okay. I'm saying the song. I mean, keep in mind, I don't listen to pop punk on the reg. So, I mean, uh, so listening to this, I'm like, you know, it's like, short it's, it's sw- and sweet. And I thought it was a good pop punk song. Like, it's pop punk, but it leans more to the melodic hardcore. I like melodic like, stuff, though. Yeah, no. But at the same time, it's like, ah, it didn't catch me. I didn't feel nothing listening to it. No, nah, not even the lyrics. I barely could listen to the lyrics. There was so, like went by so quick. Well, yeah, but they were clear. I mean, you know, I was, you know, was, I I liked it. I'm giving. Well, it I'm up. also, you know, trying to run audio and stuff too. So I'm oh, only yeah. just judging it on music and like the lyrics. He spat them out kind of quick, and I didn't pay attention to them too much. Um, friggin', yeah, the song isn't touching me as. It sounds like a song. It sounds like the sounds like kind of like a decade old. So I don't feel too much progression. Well, pop punk doesn't evolve. The only well, band- it's like here's the thing. It's like we went through this period of like yeah. pop punk, and it's like cool that they're playing that, but it's like that's a decade old. Pop punk now is like two decades. Like influ- it's being influenced like two decades prior. Well, yeah, but and I, I feel mean- like that's more fresh and exciting. This I felt like. Didn't felt too fresh or exciting because well, you got to figure back then it was still in the develop the, the developmental period. So you know people were still trying like a bunch of weird, different, crazy stuff. This is pop punk with all the quote unquote rules set in place. So I'm saying with the rules set in place, I think I still I think it was a good song. Yeah, but I don't know why it's worth two million views, like over millions of views on TikTok. Well, bro, I mean, uh, it's it's the it's the lyrics, it's the social commentary. That's what's I touching people. The, dude, I didn't hear the lyrics. No, I know, but I'm telling you, since I did hear the lyrics, that's part of what it is. Plus, I mean, you know, you gotta look at their band too. I mean, there's, I mean, it there's more and more now, but even to this day, there's you know not a lot of big like prominent. Uh, you know, I'm not usually a big fan of this term, but there's not a lot of prominent uh, people of color in music. So that's going to attach younger people too, and not just younger people, but other folks too, because they want to support. Not, you're stating everything but the song. I said I like the song. Yeah, but you're not saying it's a good, great song. I said it's a good song. You're stating from production to cultural values. I said I thought the song was written fine. That's the thing. I thought it was like it's fine, but is it hot? Well, I mean, yeah, I thought so. I'm just gonna have to say no. I think it's not hot. It feels like it's a. It feels like it's dated. It's like 
how pop punk could be like the machine gun kelly's and all that stuff especially now he's sounding more like his like the last song that different bone steel was punishing me felt more like a smashing pumpkins vibes it sounds like there's a little bit more range i'd have to be the judge i didn't care for this range i'm like this doesn't seem too range. it's so just like it sounds like oh cool a pure noise record band okay yeah i'm just like it didn't touch me i said that's why i'm gonna go with not like i didn't sense a hook and like there was just a breakdown to finish out the song, and there's looks like there's energy. Yeah. But for, for me, it's just like, yeah, nothing hooked for me. So as a song, I didn't care. And then you go, if you want to talk to me culturally, it's like, bro, I jam music talking about racist shit all the time. Actually, even more like barricades just seems just more like a friggin' issue of just like a little bit of just like friggin' them like trying to like go places. We're talking freaking I'll freaking I got songs talking about freaking racial violence. And I'm just like and on history of that. So it's like to me, I'm not like moved by that. Yeah, but those bands all, are in could be argued or dated. Yes. So like I don't see how I don't see but how that I don't see how that's an argument though. Well one is a million song. one is a million views. Yeah. One isn't a million views. I mean, do you want your band to have a million views? I kind of don't give a fuck. Well, that's my point. So like why is why why is that the thing you're leaning on? Well, I'm not leaning on. I'm talking about so, uh, the song itself. That's why I'm not. You were talking about how about like cultural and everything. It's like, here's the thing about cultural too. It's like, it didn't touch me either. It's like, I understand these issues of BIPOC, but literally it's like that can devolve into a way longer conversation. Well, I know that. We got to talk about the fucking, t- we got to talk about talking heads and Austin Powers. <laughs> we're not going to sit here and talk how culturally, how friggin' United States is. Especially with our personal views. I wasn't even doing that. I was just saying that I like the song and that these are things that I was saying those are things that would cause other folks to like it. That that's what I was but saying. But you brought that up though. Well yeah, so but that I wasn't is a worth talking point. Well, I wasn't using that to use that as a jumping off point to rant about politics. Well, I'll say that thing that I'm not going to go like, well, is that like literally political? That's it's hard to say. That's well, political. It's, well, it's more it's cultural, but it's more cultural. But people always lump that stuff in as being political. It, and, it's a label. And I think that's kind of fucking dumb ish. Well, but, I think so, too. So it's uh, but for culturally, for me, it's like I'm used to like freaking more people talking about like all these social issues, sometimes more graphic, more yeah. actually detailed. I'm like. Dude's just trying to like make sure that their band could be pushed to the next echelon. If that's an issue of like where it is, I'm not too sure. But I'm not discre- I don't want to discredit them on that. Maybe there's more. I'm not list. I'm not looking at their songs. Like friggin', we can like look at. Let's like we can look at the songs. It's just like from this like EP. It's like okay, barricades, poser, club twenty seven, <laughs> semi prologue. Tuck Everlasting, Nothing Left, Pulling Focus. I mean... It's like, I'm sure, like, those are some, like, touching issues for them as artists, but I don't feel like it goes to that next level, though, for me to care on that. But we're talking about the song itself, and I felt like it didn't hook me. It's cool, like, short song, but I didn't feel like there was, like, a banging, like, breakdown riff. The speed riff's like, fuck, dude, it's, like, the same, like freaking just like melodic thing for more of the vocalist to take place there wasn't really like a distinguish with the fast riff too so i'm like it's nothing that hooked me so that's why i'm going it's not i just thought it was a short catchy song that's, I didn't, my thing is like i didn't thought it was catchy well i did hey that's fine if you want to say it's hot 
That's the Edwards opinion. But my opinion, I'm just going to have to go with not. If I have to choose straight down, part of me is just going to, there's more of me saying it's just not. To me, it's like, fuck, dude. It's, I feel like it's just, it sounds, de- it sounds like from like the Tumblr era. <laughs> I'm like, is that really what we need more as Tumblr sounding bands? Yeah, before but Tumblr, here's the thing, if that's like, porn. that's what they want to go for, cool. But like, you like name their heroes and I'm like, fuck, they all sound the same. Don't you ever do more? Like, fuck, dude, but Shigeru Kelly seems like he listens to a lot more different music. Yeah. He's doing songs that sound like Blink-182 and then, then sounding like Smashing Pumpkins. Two different eras. They're doing, they're like, these guys were like naming off artists that was like in one time period. It's like, come on, there's more out there. So I don't feel that vibe. It's like you listening to the Talking Heads. I feel like huh. there's way more music that they're listening to. Oh, for sure, dude. And like that to me, I can always <laughs> like, will be an issue to me. It's like you're too much of like a singular quick section of sound. I feel like it's not like a variety. I feel like we've listened to worse examples of a band listening to only one thing and it being and you being able to tell. Yeah. But for me to say if if I had to choose like, is this hot or not? Yeah. I'm going to have to say not. All right. It's not like I can imagine Jake punishing you about it now. Be like, see, Ed gets it (laughs) or something. Does he? I, I liked it. You, uh, shout out to, uh, I forgot their fucking name. Oh, Action Adventure. Shout out to Action Adventure. You've got you, you, you've got my support. Bro. Here's the thing. You guys do the sound good. If you somehow listen to our podcast. They won't. But. Yeah, I'm saying. If, you want me, if you're a fan of this band, be stoked. They sound like a good band. Yeah. But to me, it's like comes off more B or C tier. And I'm like, I'm not going to say that's like hot. I mean, fair enough. You know, that's your opinion. Yeah. As I said, it just didn't touch me. You know what did touch me, though, was the band we got to talk about tonight. The Talking Heads. Let me... Fuck, I didn't even get the timestamp for this one. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all busy running shit. Okay, is it good to talk about now? Just go. Okay, so Talking Heads. So, how to describe the Talking Heads? In a word, quirky. In a few words, uh, debatably, I would say the first post-punk band, or at least the very first post, the very first one to like be successful. Some music historians out there would probably say that honor goes to like Sushi and the Banshees, who predate them by like a year, but whatever. If nothing else, they were trailblazers in the art punk area, and to the horror of that French dude from the first decline of Western civilization movie, helped get New Wave in the in the U.S. off the ground. Yeah, but I want to call this record a New Wave record. It's not, It's not. but they you, took you could influence almost say it's from like a, it. You could say it's almost like a post-punk, maybe, but even then, I feel like post-punk, like, there's a little bit more artistic sound. This felt like a time just more of like a rock and roll album. Oh, for sure. It definitely, uh, it definitely had those elements. I was, I mean, you know, I know Wikipedia isn't be be all end all, but if you go on Talking Seventy Sevens, like you know, Wikipedia page for the album, it says the genres are art punk and new wave. Which, I mean, again, you hear what you hear. But what but year did that record come out? It came out in nineteen seventy seven. <laughs> See, but that's just like, and isn't they were, that and when they, the Sex Pistols blew up too? It's like... And they were working on it since like near the end of 76. Here's the thing. If like the Talking Heads records after sound way more like art punk and new wave, I could believe it. But this record, I, I'm not sensing that if you want to be like specific on what an exact rule sound of genre is. Yeah. Because I don't know if like post-punk was a specific scene. Like, Well, it wasn't back then, but I it's one of those things retroactively they were considered part of it. Listeners, I keep fucking shit up. <laughs> disregard me i keep taking stuff too literal just keep it at face value i keep pulling up this nerdy bullshit thinking 
Well, yeah, you've always been like that when it comes to genres, though. I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I need to stop right now. I mean, listen, let's talk about this damn album. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to worry I mean, listen, about whatever the fuck the I mean, genres listen, they are. They formed in 75 and this album came out in 76. So, you know, do with that what you will when it comes to that stuff. For me, it's just like this doesn't sound like it was the Smiths or the fucking Joy Division or whatever freaking post-punk yeah, yeah, yeah. like heavyweights. That doesn't sound like that to me. It sounded like it was just a rock and roll album that time. All like right. a weird one. It felt like definitely... Taking dangerous influences, I oh, guess. Yeah. It was weird and quirky for sure. There is some weird and quirkiness. It was interesting. This album was interesting. Let's just go. Yeah. Track one is called Uh Oh, Love Comes to Town. There's an exclamation point at the end there. This uh this opening tune is fun. It's like a funky, kind of dancey tune. Nothing really of uh like super duper note TBH. It's a fine opener, and it's got everything talking heads about it. You know, uh David Byrne, the singer, is doing his doing his quick. Focal delivery, you know that kind of shit. And yeah, good stuff. Music sounds, uh, instruments sound good. Good song, six out of ten. Remember, we consider a six good. Yeah. Uh, for song one for this record, I wrote down not a bad funk like Diddy. Six out of ten. Yeah. Track like, two. It was a good song. I was like, yeah, you know, this is fun. That's yeah, good. for sure. It did not offend me. <laughs> Track two is called New Feeling. Another good one. I liked it too. The singer, uh, you know, like I said for the last song, his quirky vocal style helps elevate the music, which is already interesting, but he just adds that little extra, that little extra flavor to its character. Um, nothing super amazing so far, but it's so far, it's so good. The album's at a steady pace. I gave it six out of 10. Yeah. So for song number two, I wrote down not, not bad, but a silly sounding song. Six out of ten. Track three is called Tentative Decisions. Another good one, upbeat. Um, it's not repeating songs too much. It sounded like it was a song that was like talking about um, gender roles or something from what I can tell. Like, oh, oh shit. Fuck. Can you kick over my phone? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just pass me it. Danka. I may or may not have almost dropped it again, but we're fine. But yeah, I like the song too. Uh, I wrote here, so far better than G-Love. It's quirky, 6 out of 10. Yeah, so song three, this had a pretty tight song structure. Mm -hmm. I felt like, yeah, this one had like, it was like a little weird and slow and quirky, but then it would pick up and pace. Yeah, yeah. So I felt like that was unique. That for sure, it's like, well, I wouldn't say unique. That's just always like fun and exciting. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was pretty tight, and I'll give it 7 out of 10. This was Ooh. like, all right, this was cool. I enjoyed this. Nice. Track four is called Happy Day. It gives off vague, like, vague vibes of, like, one of those, like, 60s rockabilly, like, high school ballad type of things. I like the band's usage of percussion and sound effects throughout the record. They had two guitar players, too, uh, this band, and um, you can tell they just had a lot of thought put into the song you hear every instrument and they all have personality so far i didn't hear i haven't been hearing anything that's great but it has not been boring i gave this one an, another six yeah so song four not a bad mid pace not a bad mid pacer i think this one yeah this was a pretty straightforward song yeah not like the last song where there was like a change in song structure where it rewards you for paying attention yeah yeah i gave this one a six out of ten because it was hey there's nothing wrong with just a straightforward song. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, dude, Motorhead's, all their songs are straightforward. <laughs> but Motorhead's that's what makes it great, too. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. Oh, man. Track five is Who Is It? This song started, I thought this shit was a Primus song. Oh, yeah? It's under two minutes. 
it's a jumper. I wrote here, it's a jumper upper, and it sounded at times like Spyro music. Six out of ten. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I wanted to put away a fucking cable real quick. I thought I had more time. So this is song five, right? Yeah. I wrote down another kind of funk, dude. Six out of ten. Another kind of funk, dude. <laughs> Another kind of funky one, dude. Come on, brother. Track six is No Compassion, which is funny because uh, they, uh, the singer's ex-bandmates would accuse him of kind of being a total prick. So I liked how the song started slow. We were talking about pacing earlier. The song would like start, would go slow, then pick up, then slow and picked up at the end. It was, It's another good song. I gave this one a six, too, but for me, this one was almost a seven, but it's, I felt it was a six. All right, so uh, this is song six? Yes. All right, this felt like a tale of two songs, and I had to check it that it wasn't two songs. Okay. But I thought it was tight. I'll give it... I was like, you know what? Seven out of ten. I like this. Okay. I like this. It was a little bold and ambitious. You know, I said it was almost a seven, too. Yeah, I felt like I I would give it a seven. Now, track seven... Spoiler alert, I gave this a seven. It's called The Book I Read. It's catchy and weird, but it's really good. I don't, I don't, they did this like weird shit as an interlude, like after the chorus during like the na na na's bit. I think it was on like a piano or something. It was really good. I gave this one a seven. Song seven, yeah. I wrote down a tight mid paced rocker. Rocker, seven, dude. Seven out of ten. Track eight is Don't Worry About the Government. Which the title made me chuckle. It didn't wow me, I'll admit, but it'd probably be a fun. I wrote here, this song would probably be fun live. I'll also admit, I have no idea what any of his lyrics mean for these songs, but it's good. Six out of ten. So, yeah, I wrote down, I do worry about the government, but this was good filler. <laughs> Six out of ten. Track uh, nine is first week slash last week dot 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 carefree. This song was all right, but it had a bitch and horn section. So seven out of ten. This is song nine, right? Yeah, I wrote down this was just them dicking around on, with instruments. <laughs> yeah, seven out of ten. I fuck. I didn't even wrote down a fucking rating. I'll just give it six out of ten. <laughs> okay. I think I was just like okay. I think around this time I was like I'm a little annoyed. <laughs> Ish. Not <laughs> offensible enough where I'm like, all right, you're going down. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> six out of ten. Oh, and then fuck yeah. Here comes track 10, Psycho Killer. Okay, fuck, dude. This song comes on, and keep in mind, I've heard this song before. You and I both have, obviously, but fuck, dude. Like, when you, I didn't know at first, obviously, because I'm like, okay, Psycho Killer, you like that song? I'm like, listening. I'm like, I have heard this on the radio. <laughs> yeah, this song comes on, and even hearing the song before, you're like, holy shit, where did this come from? This shit rules. Um... Yeah, it's just great. Um, it's just the beat, the rhythm, the chorus. Mm, it's good stuff. I I gave I gave that shit an eight. Yeah. So for freaking song ten, I just wrote down we're just psycho killer classic radio banger. Yeah. Eight out of ten. Fuck yeah, dude. Psycho killer. Kiss kiss and that fucking bass line too. Mm. Track tra- song eleven. Yeah, there's one last song like. I don't know why you don't end with Psycho Killer, but it's called Pulled Up. Now, to be fair, it's a good song. Good guitar work. I like the lyrics. It's fun and upbeat. Uh, It was good. I gave this one a 7 out of 10. I wrote down for song 11 a fun album finisher. 7 out of 10. All right. So So tallying up my score, out of a possible score of 110, it gets... A 71! But, you know, if you look at the score like that, you're thinking, oh, wow, that's like, what? 
almost like half, but that's it sounds bad, but it's not. It's solid. This is a solid record. There wasn't a bad song, and I can see why my mom and dad have been jocking this band for like 40 years. So yeah, good album. Glad we listened to it. Yeah, no, I don't I didn't really write a summary on this one, but I could tell you listening to this, this was a fun album. It definitely yeah, no, this was compared to fucking G Love and Special <laughs> Sauce, yeah. I, this like touched my boat a little bit more. I felt oh, more yeah. engaged with this one. Yeah, it's no, worth for sure. checking out. It's definitely at times where it's weird and silly. Yeah. But I think that's just more of like gives a character. Because I don't really, you know, hear bands being that weird or silly, like in their songs. Not like the subjects are silly. You mean like what they're doing with the music or with their voice? Yeah, at times I'm like, this sounds like the sounds could be comedic at times. Yeah, but Talking Heads '77, pretty cool. Yeah, quirky. Be like an asshole again for me. (laughs) Let's talk about Psycho Killer. Okay, you were to say hot or not, what would you say? Oh, that's a hot. Yeah. Now, fuck. Oh God damn it! I'm just saying, Psycho Killer. When I listen to first, if like if I listen to a song first time. Psycho Killer touches me, excites me way more than when our, the song that we had today. That's why it's like for my hot or not like rating. That's not even fair because that's like an established classic. Yeah, no. F- for me, on like the, when it comes to hot or not, I realize if it's mid, I'm not going to give it hot. It has to be cool. I have to feel it's like, you know what? That was cool. Right. If it's like mid or below, that's not going to hit a hot. Here's the thing. Last week, or or last time we fucking listened to that Avril Lavigne song, I felt like that was more exciting than this week's song. That was that was a good song. That's why I'm like, you know what? I'll give it a hot. That one I give a hot. This week, no. That Kid Rock song sucked. See, that's the thing, though. Yeah, that song sucked. Here's the thing. Did this song offend you like the Kid Rock song? No, or, the song did nothing. Or the no- Panty Christ? The song did nothing, and it was <laughs> did nothing. That's almost worse! That's why I gave it as a not. I think when we're talking about like talking heads and when it came to Psycho Killer, it's like, well, if I had to rate that on a hot, just a hot or not scale, yeah. it's going to be a hot. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, where does my hot or not scale, like, where does that sit? And it's like, okay, I need to like establish my grounds. If it's like mid, like a, like a medium, like, or whatever your scale is, if it's in the middle, I'm not going to say hot. Okay. And then the today's song by Action Adventure, which is great, like band name. Yeah. But that was kind of like a mid song. So I'm just going to say not. Right. I'm just saying it's like if I want to listen to that, I can go listen to Story So Far or Neck Deep or whatever those bands are. I'm just saying it's like I can go listen to the source and I'm sure I'll be just fulfilled. Right. I'm sure Action Venture is good. I need to actually, you know, sit down. But if I have to give them a quick rating on the spot, it did not touch me on the spot. Right. That's funny, too. It's not fully unrelated because Talking Heads had like punk clout back then so that's funny okay so let's pick our uh, let's pick our album for next week let's see here so far most of the albums in here have been good it's just g love and special sauce i'm like <laughs> fuck i did not need to listen to this before i died did you like i could have skipped what was the one we did before um what was the one we did before sinead o'connor the the one about the um the one with like eight band members, but it was like, uh, do you remember? It was like Tiger's, Tiger's Milk, Blow, Tiger's Milk, Tiger's Milk, or whatever the shit. Yeah, like, from that. Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, yeah. Did, would, would you say that? Because would you say G Love has been the worst of this book? That's the well, that we've hit so far. Yeah, like Bell and Sebastian. I just wrote down this is the that everything was more of the same more shit. Of the same, I remember. It's yeah. more of the same shit. Like I'm sorry, all these songs sound the same. Like 
And I'll admit, I listen to them, if you want to discredit me, going like, you listen to Discharge. All that shit sounds the same. Yes. <laughs> but that excite, all that same shit excites me. This didn't. Let's pick a new uh, album. Left, right, forward, back. Triple D on the, the attack. attack. Come out. Oh, shit. We're going to the 50s or something. Simon and Garfunkel. That sounds sick. <laughs> I can't wait for some Simon and Garfunkel. 1966. The uh, the record's called Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time. It is 12 songs. The longest song is like three minutes and 10 seconds because it's an old album. Songs, unless you were Prague, which didn't really exist at this point. Actually, it, when, well, the groundwork was being laid. It didn't really come to fruition until it's like 67. It's the vinyl era, so it's 40 minutes long. The album has to be 40 minutes. The wor- this is the opening sentence. The world was about to fall apart, but there was still room for beauty when Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel recorded their first great album. <laughs> I'm always kind of so the world to... was in danger, but Simon and Garfunkel saved the day. Like I'm excited because I I feel like listening to Simon and Garfunkel is like kind of meme clout. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited. That's right because um do, aren't they don't they have that song? Let me don't they have that song where it's like Hello darkness, my old friend. Is yes. that them? That, they might have done that. <laughs> I can't remember if that was them or not. And then plus Disturb made that one song of theirs really popular. Um, the one you just say the cover. No, not that one. It was a cover one. Um, Hello, it was darkness, my old friend. Hello, darkness, darkness my, my old, old friend. friend. But yeah, um, indeed, it's the tension between the sense of impending doom and Simon's insistence on emotional connection that makes the album such an enduring work, despite numerous phrases and lines that reveal it as an artifact of the 1960s. And he quotes that at one point during the record, someone said they said the lyrics feeling groovy, but that's fine. I'm down for some 60s cheese. Yeah, no, sounds uh. Sounds pretty neat. Um, their last album, it says, was a rush job. But this one, Simon of Simon and Garfunkel wanted total creative control. And uh, this album was all the better for it. So, yeah. Next week, Simon and Garfunkel. Wait, what record? I need to see it so I can like know what the fuck I'm looking at. Yeah. And I, that's Led Zeppelin. I know, but I closed the book. <laughs> I, closed the I don't book need to listen it. to Led Zeppelin again for a minute. Like I'll listen to the bangers, the Led Zeppelin songs I liked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Hold on. I have to find it. Fuck. Oh, fuck. That's shit. That's traffic. Uh, that's a string band. 1966. So look at it the It was years. 66. I thought it was 67. Uh, oh, the Velvet Underground. We should do that at some point. Um, Where are you? Where the fuck? I don't want to listen to Buffalo Springfield. Oh, here we go. Uh, What were you asking? <laughs> what fucking are we listening to? It's called Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time. It's 28 minutes. 28 minutes? 12 nah, songs. No, you're fucking with 12 people. minutes, 28 songs. That they, sounds awesome. Albums <laughs> used to be short back then. Stop it. Why, I, this why this you, album's going to suck balls, isn't it? <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> getting so excited. It's not over 30 minutes. Yeah. It's short. Technically, and they're, and they're a meme. Technically, this sounds exciting. Technically, without it being over 30 minutes, if it wasn't for how many songs they have, this would, this would be short enough for an EP. There's only going to be a bit to take notes because you're going to have to really pay attention when the songs go in and out. Yeah, I know. And it's old songwriting, too. So there's going to be and Simon, Paul Simon was a bit of a was one of those like control freaks in the studio. So there's going to be little delicate touches throughout. But yeah, yeah, Simon and Garfunkel, total meme band. Can't wait. Look at the picture. I'm in 30 minutes. Look at that. Seriously. (laughs) The dude, he's got a Garfunkel's got a cigarette and then Simon's just chilling there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Simon and Garfunkel, everybody get hyped. Hey, I'm like weirdly hype. 
Guide for Simon and Garfunkel in the year of our Lord, 2021. Hey, it's something. All right. Let's talk about the meat of our podcast today. So, we've watched both awesome power movies. Sorry, I'm like trying to like think of something, but I also fighting the urge to get my fucking timestamp in. Here's the thing. We've been on a journey reviewing these awesome power movies. Yes, sir. Edward, take it away. Okay, so this is the third and unfortunately it seems to be final Austin Powers movies called Gold Member. Yeah, that doesn't sound like anything we know at all. Um yeah, it uh, they've wanted to do a follow-up movie since this come out, but for one reason or another, it just hasn't. And it's not because issues. It's, it's issue. not because it's not even because Mike Myers is busy. His career's been dead since the Love Guru. Well, yeah, but like, and there's no new Shrek movie in sight. So, but I think there's also a thing about Mike Myers. I think he took a moment to step away because here's the thing: when watching these movies, sometimes I go on my own personal research. And I'll watch videos about Mike Myers, and around the time. He has been labeled as difficult to work with. Oh, yeah. Uh, Penelope, what's her name? Who obviously, as we know from uh, the, you know, the documentaries and also Wayne's World, she said that he was a nightmare sometimes. A nightmare, especially when it came to creative control. Yeah. But like the like the iconic headbanging sing to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> that was supposed to be GNR on Penelope's vision. But Mike Myers wanted it to be Queen. Weird at first. Maybe not relevant, but but I guess Bohemian Rhapsody is a timeless song. Oh, it is. Yeah, and then well, plus, and then plus on top of that, that's not even just that the Shrek movie. Like he his complete, fat bastard voice or the Shrek, the usual Shrek voice was supposed to be something else. He completely had them. They had the whole movie written, and then he had them completely rewrite the movie because they still had the movie written like with Chris Farley in mind. So they were going to rewrite it anyway, but he w it was like an almost ground from the ground up script rewrite of the whole, of the whole treatment for the plot. And granted it worked because the first Shrek Here's movie the thing. is great. It's like, but... we talk about two moments of him being difficult and striking gold. Oh yeah. So on an artistic level, that's great. But as I heard, just to say, he's just a difficult dude to work with. Yeah. So I'm sure that time hit, but he had huge hits with Austin Powers and Shrek, so I think he literally didn't have to work. Oh, again. he was on top of the world for a while. Yeah, he didn't have to work again. Yes, the love guru was a fucking bomb, and <laughs> he then just disappeared. But it almost seems like he's fine disappearing. Yeah, he doesn't feel like he needs to change the limelight. He's good. He uh, he made his mark, left his impact. That's what I could say about Mike Myers. Oh yeah, also too, when I was like, maybe it, was it. I could have been when I was injured. I know I went and watched Bohemian Rhapsody. I was so curious to go watch that movie. Oh, the biop? Yeah. For me getting fired from work, I actually caught up on movies I really wanted to watch. So I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. I also watched Whiplash, too. Oh, you finally watched Whiplash? Yes. I've been telling you to watch Whiplash for years. Isn't it great? Oh, dude. Well, mostly it's such a wild story. Fucking J.K. Simmons' character is so fucking crazy <laughs> it's like holy fuck who would want to work with this guy yeah and like it's like in the freaking like in the romanticism the chase like fucking greatness it comes down to the story of to achieve greatness you just have to say fuck you i'm gonna do my own thing which literally turns out in the end yeah but like fuck dude jk Simmons is like well you know he's just timeless oh he's great well, he just has great characters like J dude no one could be jo fucking jonah jameson every j jonah jameson caricature is based off him now that's just a fact. It's not even fair. 
How dare he be good? <laughs> Fuck. He's great. What he did that he was a hit. He was a hit with gamers because he uh, because he was Cave Johnson in Portal Two. I don't know if you remember that because you played Portal Two, didn't you? Yes. Oh, did- yeah. He was Cave Johnson. Fuck. He's uh, and, and right now he's uh, he's the dad in, Invis- in Invincible. J.K. Simmons just keeps finding ways to just be keep fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard, safe to say J.K. Simmons is awesome. He's great. But we need a rewind of Mike Myers. I just want to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. That yeah. is a fun movie. Yeah. Like, Rami Malek was a weird character. It was cool. The dudes kind of look like Queen. Like, the dudes that wasn't Robbie, Rami Malek trying to look like Freddie Mercury, the other dudes kind of look like Queen. Like, the dude they had playing Brian May looks like, kind of looks like Brian May. With that big poofy hair yes. and shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, from, I've heard from Queen stands that they had, they take some issues with the movie because Brian May and a couple of the Queens guys, but mainly Brian May was heavily involved and he has kind of a penchant for revisionist history on some Queen things, but some issues. And, and plus, like, um, out of the recent biops that came out, you know, let's just say starting with Straight Out Compton, you know, that, the dirt, um, the Elton John one. Okay. The dirt and was then, silly as fuck. And then this one out of, ah! out, out of the new biops, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody seemed to be the least well received out of the newer out of the new biops. It's that came hor- out. But it's not a horrible movie. Well, I bet because Rami Malek is great. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah, but Mike Myers is in that movie too. Yeah, yeah. Just credit the song Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> because he just thought I was like, well, here's the thing. He's a dude. It's like, dude, I'm just trying to make money and sell records. So obviously, I'm gonna go with the straight and narrow. And then you just have these going. We're gonna make opera. But not like actually opera. We're gonna make a concept. Like guys, please stop. <laughs> and he listens to Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like this is so weird. And I'm sure critics that like thought of like the song itself, Bohemian Rhapsody, was a little self indulgent and weird. But at the same time, it's like it's a really good song. Oh, it's great. It's a weird. Co- it's like it's a weird concept, but in like how it's structured and proggy. But it's like. Bro, you that three minute build up to when the guitars come in yeah. with a bam, but then there's nothing better. There's nothing better. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah, I feel like we kind of buried Austin Powers because we started talking about Queen. <laughs> Don't worry. And then we this buried was... Mike. And then we buried Mike Myers because we were talking about Rami Malek. Oh, and great. I also yeah, dude, that made me that movie made me want to go listen to some Queen, which is like pretty fun, awesome band. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah, Queen's awesome. All right, but let's talk about Austin Powers. Let's get done with these movies. Like these movies are fine. The I've, first two have issues, but I've watched Goldmember a bunch, so I know how this movie is. Yeah. And there is a great golden character in this movie that when we get there, fuck, bro, it was almost unfair. This guy almost is like when he showed up, it just was not even fair for everyone else. But let's get on with this. If you know, so the, you know. So the movie opens up. Um, this is how the movie opens up. We open up with an attack helicopter chasing a lady on a motorcycle as Austin Powers falls from the sky and lands in the Shagwar. Already off to a pretty neat start. Some high impact action. So he's being chased. And it kind of looked like a mi- opening sequence in Mission Impossible at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so he's being chased. And then eventually he challenges the attack helicopter to like a game of chicken. Uh, and then they move towards each other, right? But then Austin hits the eject button, flips over the chopper. He's dual wielding fucking uh, submachine guns like a Taylor two, and the helicopter explodes. Then Austin lands on his feet, and this is I'm going to read you my notes exactly as I wrote them. Okay. Then Austin lands on the ground, turns around. Wait, 
something's off. Something feels different. Oh my God. He turns around and it's fucking Tom Cruise. And then the movie tells you with credits. And then the movie tells you with credits, Tom Cruise as Austin Powers. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then you see the lady that was on the motorcycle. Yeah, baby. He looks so creepy. He only <laughs> had like 30 seconds of screen time in this movie, but he looked creepy because he's Cruise, Tom Cruise. Tom, he's Cruise weird. Could go, Tom Cruise can come off as a creepy little bastard. But he, I'm not going to lie. He's creepy. He's weird. And he's connected to Scientology. But Homeboy is kind of a meme. Holy shit. Would you count this as a movie with Tom Cruise where he doesn't run? There is that theory that Tom Cruise has to be has, usually oh, runs in all. Oh, shit. You're in right. But do you want to count that as a movie he's actually the main starring, or does that theory go into movies that he the, just appears I in? I think the movie, I think the theory only goes in the movies he stars, and I think some people have tried to connect it movies that he like cameos in. Because, but well, you remember Tropic Thunder, for instance? Did he run in that movie? I don't think so. Yeah, I was thinking that, but I have to rewatch Tropic Thunder. That's a great movie. It really is. I love that movie. I saw it in theaters. The director's cut's amazing. But yeah, um, so yeah, Tom Cruise, and then fucking, so, so then we're just rolling with this for a while in the movie. The lady on the bike comes back, and they don't say it here; they say it later in the movie. This is Gwyneth fucking Paltrow. Oh no, they said it. Oh, they did. I didn't see. Oh this no, is, maybe no. Yeah, no, they they have to because how else did I fucking write down the fucking name Gwyneth Paltrow? Still, it's Gwyneth Paltrow, and her name is my name is Dixie, Dixie Normus. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, be yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Oh, behave. He was so creepy. He was doing that weird smile that people do where like they don't fully smile. They only do. They did really raise their upper lip and you only see up teeth. Well, he's trying to be like Austin Powers. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. So they but like, see, it sounds pervy when he does it. When you throw on the British accent, yeah, baby. Like, yeah, it could sound creepy, but it still sounds charming. Yeah, and funny. because Mike Myers is a silly dude. But then you talk. Tom his, Cruise is a creepy bastard. Yeah, here. baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> We're gonna be here forever. Okay, so, so sorry. we also see do. So we see Kevin Spacey. Oh yeah, Kevin Spacey's Doctor Evil, and Mini Me is. I'm not making this up. Is it's fucking Danny DeVito firing a machine gun to the sky, smoking a cigar. I have to say this. <laughs> Why does Danny DeVito look like total shit and fucking it's always sunny and <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Because he's old now. He's been around a long time. He I'm just saying like here he looks like fine and normal. Yeah. But then you look at sunny Philadelphia. It's like you look like dog shit. Like that is your character. Jesus. <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, like, he looks better than Rip Torn ever did. I love Rip Torn, but that man looked like he was, he looked older than Willie Nelson all the time. I'm just saying, like, you look at Danny DeVito here, he looks pretty good. I almost thought But this- then you look at him, like, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's like, what happened? Now, he- obviously, he has, like, dude, his character in Sunny, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia is iconic. Like, yeah, yeah. Suicide is badass. <laughs> hey, I'm fucking mini me. I'm the trash man. <laughs> Those are just the obvious ones, too. He's got so many good lines. Him and Charlie Day carry that show. I don't give a shit about anyone else's shenanigans in that show, but him and Charlie Day. 
they're the best so yeah i almost thought this bit was a rib on tom cruise because me and my dad are always roasting him because he's short but they always make he's him look tall because he's a creepy bastard and he always has to get with a hot blonde chick yeah in babe. every movie yeah baby yeah baby we're gonna no, be for fucking ever. I'm sorry, okay. We haven't even hit the credits yet. So the opening at, credits. So as I'm pissing myself laughing, um, what's happening is this is a movie being filmed about Austin Powers, but it's being directed by Steven fucking Spielberg. First off, I don't think Steven Spielberg would ever work with Tom Cruise. I'm pretty sure they never have. And second, hey man, you remember how like this dude was like the dude from like the late 80s to the end of the 90s? Does he do anything anymore? Does he need to? No, but he was like a shitload of people's childhood. He was Gen X and millennials childhood. Yeah, no, he was like, oh, he's like the director. Because for our childhood, he he's put like out the- Animaniacs. He produced that Land Before Time movie uh, and a whole bunch of other shit. Jurassic Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were his production companies. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, he was like Spielberg, kind of immortal yeah, for dude. his work. So yeah, basically he's like the act director to be the the be all end all. Oh yeah. And so he's directed Austin's Powers movie. And Austin's trying to like, you know what? I think there's some he's trying to put some creative control at his Spielberg just shows whatever his award is. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I think my friend says otherwise. And Austin's I like, you, this movie needs some mojo like this. And then he launches into the movie's opening dance number with that funky theme song. Ding 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 ding. Just him like awkwardly like just dancing around. Yeah. And if you thought like Matt choreograph, but this time, yeah. We get us we get a somber tune going and we meet Quincy Jones. (laughs) This is where we get our mojo, baby. Quincy Jones. And then he kisses Quincy Jones on the cheek. (laughs) And then he runs into one studio, and then like the song, the song shifts to a Britney Spears song. Yeah, and then I an actual song. Yeah, I think so. All I got is just like Boys. Boys. I just wrote down, oh shit, we get Britney Spears singing a song about boys. And then he proceeds to have a dance off with Britney Spears, who turns out to be a robot and he makes her head explode with his mojo. And then, yeah, that's the only notable things of this opening sequence. After, yeah, so now we cut to Dr. Evil in his lair. Behind Number, the Hollywood sign. Oh yeah, behind the Hollywood sign, because when the dance ends, there's a shot of the Hollywood sign. Number two says, Dr. Evil, I've discovered a way to make us more money and still be a legitimate evil corporation. I've turned us into a talent agency. <laughs> Instead of charging everyone 10% for their earn, we get 9%. So now we've actually got big superstars like George Clooney and whoever the fuck else. Julia Roberts and Leonardo DiCaprio, who according oh. to good friend Bone Steel, hits up escorts. So we should too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just more like, I don't think I've ever heard Bone Steel say that to me. He said that in the group chat like last night, like two nights ago. That shit was being shot. It was when you were, I think it was when you were watching House of Gucci. Yeah, I was on a hot date and watching House of Gucci. You guys are talking about Lito DiCaprio and getting escorts. So, number two, oh, and he says, plus the best part is we all have our own assistants now. For instance, number two has a kid with a mole on his face. And he he says, here's number three. Played by, of all people, Fred Savage. What has Fred Savage done? Uh. He was in he was in gold member. I no, I looked up his Wikipedia page. He 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 does stuff now and then, but uh, yeah, he doesn't do. Why is he anymore. there? Nothing to note. He's a weird fucking. He's like a guy that everybody knows, but 
you'd be hard pressed to remember what he's in except this movie this except is all i knew and that's all i know because he's the dude with the fucking mole so dr evil says um <laughs> No. <laughs> now, Dr. Evil says, now, number two, I'm going to let you finish, but I have the greatest evil plan of all time. There existed a man. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. There existed a man in the 1970s named Johan Vandersmut. The dude loved gold and lost his dick in a smeltering accident. A so smelter. now we call him Goat Member. Anyway, um, Homeboy has a tractor beam, and we can use it to to bring in this meteor, meteor named the Midas 22 into orbit of Earth. Get it, Midas? Like Midas touch? Gold? <laughs> then there's a little bit of comedy where Minnie-Me's asleep, so Dr. Evil wakes him up with chocolate. And then, same thing, we get Minnie-Me and Scott hating on each other. Then there's a shush gag. And then when Seth Green is like, fine, I'll have some chocolate then, Minnie-Me tries to eat Seth Green. But that friggin' yeah, that's the joke. Yeah. So evil elaborates. They have a tractor. I'm oh, sorry, a tractor beam. Got to do the air quotes. Named Preparation H. Now I didn't fully get this joke. What was Preparation H a reference to? I don't know, but they just like let it up. It's like, well, since Preparation A through whatever the letter H is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is now we're gonna name it Preparation H, and then Scott goes like, Psst. "But did you do any clever names?" But, but the thing is, like, everyone did... Everyone you might as well making... call this preparation ass cream. What, Scott? That's what I you mean. You want ice cream? <laughs> yes, Dad. I want ass cream. I want chocolate ass cream. Okay, Scott, we'll get ice cream later. But that's my thing. It's like, is that an is that an actual ass cream? I think there might be cream for your bunghole when it's, like, irritated. Okay, so Dr. Evil elaborates, yeah, Prep H, he's gonna, but he's gonna go back in time and grab Gold Member. Evil laugh, and then I wrote, holy shit, Austin Powers just shows up, and he arrests Dr. Evil. Alright, okay. So they're at the World Organization, and they sentence him to- World Organization Court. Yeah, they sentence him to woke. Uh, W-O-C, woke? Oh, okay, never mind. And then they sentence him to 400 years- that's it. They don't say prison or community service. They just say 400 years. And then mini me moons everybody. He goes, looks like two eggs and a hanky. <laughs> so Austin Powers is going to now be in England. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be knighted, which I totally forgot. till I saw on TV tropes. They said in the first movie, oh, yeah, you're going to be knighted. But they never did it in the second movie. So, yeah, he knighted. So, you know, continuity. Um, this is where we hear about his dad, Nigel Powers, for the first time. And he's not there to see him be knighted, and Austin is the big sad. He's he, the big sad, and everyone's laughing at him yeah. uproariously for him. It's like, because he gets knighted, it's like, I want to thank my dad. Dad, stand up and take a bow. And then they like look where his dad, like his the reserved, the reserved seat for his dad, Nigel Powers, and wasn't there. And then everyone laughs in his face. Then we go with the Austin's freaking pad, and he's yeah. like jamming with the band, and he's singing he's, a sad song. <laughs> Daddy was there. I wrote here, he's so sad, he sings a late 90s, early 2000s pop alt-rock song about it. But with, like, there's 60s-looking chicks and ambiance there, so it was funny. Daddy was there. And then we get to the uh, to the um, the usual uh, debatably racist bit, where he gets approached by, I assume, Japanese fangirl caricature who asks for his autograph, complete with English, and she says... Austin Powers, you're very sexy, fool. I'm a big fan, and you've been so sexy. And when she asks her her name, she says, Fook me. 
What? <sighs> Fook me. She spins around and her name's on her backpack spelled F-O-O-K space M-I. Neither of those are Japanese names, by the way. <laughs> Whatever. So she then runs off to grab Austin a drink. Yeah. And then another, and then like, then like what seems like a sir comes back and then she goes like, Austin's talking to her and she's like, fuck you. Oh, now you're just asking for a freaking behind slapping. I can't do the and Austin. Now, said, now you're just asking for a spanking. Now you're just now. Dude, I, I, See, it helps if you put your teeth out you do it and you've yeah. got to be smirking yeah but i keep wanting to do the freaking evil voice <laughs> it's the same freaking guy it's almost like it's the oh, same behave. actor how dare mike myers be kind of a douche but also pretty decently talented when oh, he's be- properly motivated oh behave oh behave oh behave yeah so we found out there's twins fook me and fook you yeah so Austin's then about to freaking get weird with Fook Me and Fook You, but then Basil Exposition shows up to explain to him that his dad got abducted and sent back in time. And then he's like, oh, that's why my dad wasn't at the nighting ceremony. Oh, no, Austin. He just didn't show up. Yes, he was captured after that, I'm afraid. He's captured after I'm afraid, who's that, Austin. Who's that actor? His name's like something York, I think. He's got like the best like stereotypical British voice. Basil Exposition here, Austin. Like, he's just got that but great... But it's more just like Basil, Expo- Basil Exposition here, Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. So, um... So now Basil shows Austin the men that yeah. were assigned to, ga- to guard Nigel Powers. And they've got their dongs painted gold. Austin says a bunch of puns and figures out it's a man named Gold Member. So Austin goes These to visit... golden tallywhackers. Uh, yeah, I didn't get them all. It was like golden tallywhackers. I all I got was golden tallywhackers. So then Austin then it's like, we need we need to figure out... If we need to like figure out, you know, whatever. They did like quote something where it's like, if we need to figure out the like mind of an insane person, we need to talk to an insane person. And there's only one person I know. Dr. Evil. So Austin goes to talk to Dr. Evil. And we basically through this conversation, we find out that Austin Powers has daddy issues. And Dr. Evil finds that hilarious. And then he says something to the effect of like, remember that day at the Academy, Austin? I thought he was just being weird. I'm like, okay, whatever. But they flash back to like their youth of a young Austin Powers and a young Dr. Evil. They went to fucking school together. Yeah, they went to the Academy for the man of like international man man of mystery. mystery. Yeah. And like Basil's there too. And yeah, they were college roomies. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and number two's there as well. well. There's a flashback. Yeah. I guess Evil and Austin shared a room. We show that Austin's shagging a lady. Shagging. Shagging, but then, like, as Evil goes in, it's like, can you please stop? Come on, this is like the last day. This is the last day of school. Can we get and then ready? On to- and then but on- Austin's like, I don't care. And then on top of that, they go outside to, like, see test scores or whatever, and then Dr. Evil finds out, oh, hey, I've got the best score in the class or whatever. Looks like I'm going to be the I'm going to be the international man of mystery. So we cut to the graduation. No, we meet someone's like, hello, number one. I'm number two. I'm like, these jokes, guy, whatever. So we get to the ceremony and we're I put my face in my hands. You guys couldn't see it. Yeah, we get to the ceremony and what we suspect is uh, freaking evil getting the award for international man of mystery. No. Awesome Powers gets it. Yeah, which I think they imply that because his dad's a spy, that's part of the reason why he got it. Some family lineage bullshit. Yeah, because his dad's an international man of mystery. So, so like, yeah. same thing. He gets presented an award and he goes like, oh, I can't think this helped to my dad. Dad, stand up and take a bow. 
He's not And then we there. get the gag again, and then we get the same janitor too from like the one that during the nighting ceremony. That was funny. Yeah. That was a little funny. Come on. We, come on. You know what this fucking movie is. So evil, and the president is like, I will tell you where Goldmember is if you could transfer me to a better prison so I can be with no, my transfer me to a minute. Transfer me to a minimal security prison so I can be with my precious mini-me. My precious mini-me. Austin agrees, and uh, yeah. He uh, tells him, he's like, all right, he's in, the, he's in the year of our Lord of 1975 in New York at Studio 69. That's where you'll find your dad. You got to look for the man named Goldmember. I think he said it was like, it was also at like the corner of 6th and 9th Street, too. So yeah, that happens. And then there's a funny bit where Evil runs to like the door because he's like, run, Austin Powers, run. But he like opens the door and then when he realizes it's open, he like walks back inside and closes the door. And he's just like, I'll get it. Don't worry. I've got it. Uh, That's funny. So then Basil Exposition shows Austin his time machine. The pimp mobile. Yes. (laughs) This fucking land boat. It's all purple and pink and shit. And then, yeah, he travels to New York in the 70s, draped in platform shoes, a cane, and just, yeah, he looks like a pimp. He's even got the fucking So, hat. yeah, he walks into Studio 69, and then we see Beyonce Knowles. And I wrote here, now we meet, holy fuck, that's right, Beyonce was in this movie. Yes, as she's singing a song. A 20-year-old Beyonce. Wait, she was only 20? She was 20 in this movie. No. No, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Look it up. That's a trip. That's a, that's a trip. Oh, man. That's a trip. We so whatever. She's singing a song and number, but in her, like the lyrics are interchanged to introduce Goldmember, and he's just, like skating out. He's like, I'm from Holland. Ain't that weird? Isn't that weird? <laughs> Isn't that weird? And just start skating around, we show, and they show how really flexible this character is. Yeah, the whole thing is he could take like both his legs at the same time and like stretch um like over his head and stuff. That actually comes into play later. So then we get a funny gag as like Austin's trying to go to talk to Beyonce Knowles as we figure out her character's name is Foxy. Foxy Cleopatra. Which according but, which the subtitles assure me is with two X's, not three. Yes. But she is like, you know, sitting like sitting away from Austin. And then we have a guy that like sits like behind Beyonce, uh, Fox. I'm just going to say Foxy from now on. Okay. And basically mimicking like her voice while talking to Austin. Dude, it's because she's undercover to try to take down Goldmember, but she doesn't want to make sure she's seen talking to Austin. Because, you know, he's a pretty popular dude, international man of mystery. He is an international man of mystery. We get a funny gag, and we find out that, I guess, like, Foxy and Austin had a relationship. But he says, like, yeah, no, I got frozen, so that's why I went away. But I'm here back in time to, like, find my dad. And friggin' Foxy tells them that, like, yeah, no, your dad's in the back and stuff. And friggin' the the gag ends with, like, the friggin' double just, like, making out with Austin. Yeah, because she's like, Austin, good luck. And then, yeah, the guy just grabs Austin and just goes to town. Goes to town. So Austin goes back and we meet Nigel Powers. Played by Michael f- fucking Kane. This movie was not fair when it came to Michael Kane. <laughs> there was just another level that happened. He is so awesome in this damn movie. Because he like goes, he's like, Dad, I'm here to save you. Oh, are you now? <laughs> yeah, because he's in bed with four women. Oh, can you like come? Oh, Austin, can you come back in like seven or eight minutes? <laughs> uh, I think I'm still in the, whatever. He's saying something quippy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, he like stands up and then like Austin's like, Dad, you if you're gonna talk about naughty things in front of women, you need to go English English. Oh, okay then. And then Yeah, and then they'd be like they'd be saying like shit like pits pips pop up on the chario or whatever. Oh, but then pits spots on the chario. But then like in the friggin' patrol on the patrol vehicle. Ah yes, on the friggin' fox charter and all that. Yeah, there'd be subtitles. And a tea kettle. I was drinking water. Yeah, that the guy was pretty funny because they were talking like quote unquote proper English and then they, no uh, English English yeah, and I'm like and there dude, was it's some- not fair because Michael Caine is a way better Austin Powers <laughs> he was so funny I didn't think about that until you said that right now <laughs> just the- and then they had subtitles too that was translating what they're saying but then there's a point where they're going back and forth and the subtitler just gives up yeah Oh man, so that made me laugh. But either way, the bed that, that they were like sitting on spins around and we're like shown to freaking gold member's office. Yeah, they come face to face with gold member. There's a quirky bit of dialogue exchange at one point where he almost word for word recites that bit that Goldfinger says in the movie, how he loves uh, gold's texture and color. Uh, I think in the movie he's like, you know, gold. I've always been in love with its color and its divine heaviness. But he says the same thing here. He's like, he's like, I love it. I love the way it looks and the way it tastes. I like how it tastes. Do you guys want to smoke in a pancake? And what? Then, and then Michael Caine says this. I'm going to try to do a Michael Caine voice on. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Okay, there we go. Then Michael Caine says, there's only two kinds of people I don't there's like in There's only two kinds world. of people. People who don't respect others' cultural differences and the Dutch. <laughs> Everyone looks at me. Wait, what? Because he's from Holland, so they makes him Dutch. So he 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 brings up that Dutch thing like five more times. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's a pretty funny running gag. But here's the thing about Michael Caine's character: none of his jokes go on. Yeah, he says a line. I don't like. Uh, there's a little spot. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. If there's anything I don't like about anyone's intolerance to anyone else's culture, it's also the Dutch. Well, you see, because that's the thing. Mike Myers' gags are the ones that get to go all on because he's the creative genius. He can't cut any of his jokes because they're all great. So just tell all of yeah, them. But everything Michael Caine was so gold. And also, also, Michael Caine's also a very good actor. He was an awesome actor. He's funny. Dude, he can be dramatic. No, it's not even fair because everyone looks so fucking C-tier when he's on the screen. <laughs> now, Beyonce didn't do too bad for this being, I think, her being but her first she didn't movie. Have to, yeah, but she didn't have to do much, though. That's true. She had to just keep it just normal. She probably had the least amount to do compared to the other two quote-unquote love interests. I wouldn't even call her a love interest. She's just there. So either way, Foxy interferes to try to capture like Goldmember, but Goldmember's flexibility was able to kick Beyonce behind him <laughs> and stuff. And then freaking Goldmember and Michael Caine escape back through the time machine back to 2002. His name's Nigel, but fuck it. He's Michael Caine. You know what I mean? He's Michael Caine. It's Michael Caine. The only other substitute is maybe she wanted to call him Alfred from the Nolan Batman. So yeah, movies. I was tripping. I'm like, fuck, was that Alfred? Yeah, that was. That is Alfred. It's not fair, dude. Everyone was so fucking C-tier when Michael Caine was on the screen. Michael Caine was always someone that a lot of people liked already, but it was the, it was those Dark Knight movies, and plus the whole want to watch the world burn is one of the new great quotes of our time. So he he's just... He's, just, he's like J.K. Simmons. Uh, right, he just Allison. keeps finding ways to be awesome in things. Okay, Austin. So with Dr. Evil, he gets a visit from evil German lady in prison who tells him Seth Green wants to take over the family business. He's even balding. And like, oh, 
awesome. And he recounts his own childhood, how his mother died in an exploding car. Like literally, he and says a Belgian, it's a car. In a Belgian couple. Well, so the funny bit starts with, he says it's a car accident, but literally he's just chilling in there with his mom and then the car just blows up. And then, yeah, he says, quote unquote, I was adopted by, an, by, a, Bel- by a Belgian man and his 15 year old love slave. You know, your typical origin story. Yes. They taught and they taught me how to be evil. Also, by the way, Dr. Evil right now is wearing a backwards bandana like he's Mike from Suicidal. Or like Tupac. Or like Tupac. After his flashback, him and German lady have a weird, freaky, tonguey makeout sesh set to eel. And then all of a sudden, Electric Lagrosters, evil woman, comes on. I'm like, what the fuck? But there was actually a plot reason to it because. Through doing that, she snuck him the key to his cuffs slash cell. Right, right. Like right before, like evil's like, I'm all pent up, baby. Let's get freaky. Evil woman. (laughs) So then next is uh, he goes to the the freaking cafeteria for the. uh, No, he's in the freaking yard. Oh, I thought or it was like the the, was it the cafeteria? I thought it was because it was there was weight. I thought there was weights and shit. Dudes were like fucking slamming iron. But yeah, but film people never get prisons right. Whatever. Evil and Mini Me are walking hard, and they get up to Debo from from Friday. <laughs> I was gonna say he gets he goes to tell everyone to start yeah, it's a ride. Tiny Lister. Yeah, I uh, think that's his name. That's the that's the I like, always forget name. his name. I wrote him I as know. Kingpin from Ben Affleck's Daredevil. No, that had to have been fucking. Uh, or was that Michael? No, was that Michael? Or was uh, that... No, I think Kingpin was a different dude. Oh, let me look it up. Yeah, but this was Debo from Friday. He was also Zeus and freaking no no holds barred. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh is that the one is that the movie where like um who is it? Hulk Schwartz, no, Schwarzenegger walked up to uh, oh no, Schwarzenegger wasn't that one. I was trying to what was Oh, I'm thinking of over the top, never mind. That's the one where like Schwarzenegger walks up to Donald Glover and he's like, You son of a bitch and just like handshakes that's- him. Predator. That's Predator? Yeah. That's not a Predator. That's where they're both jacked? Yeah, that's the opening scene of Predator. That is? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was over the top. <laughs> over the top is Sylvester Stallone. Look, wait, is it? That's, that's the arm wrestling movie. Yeah, I thought that was a Schwarzenegger movie. No. Well, I fucked that up. Okay, yes, so. And it's on audio, so. Great. Well, you could just edit it out. Ha, 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 ha. Sorry, not happening. So back with Austin. Oh, yeah. So really quick, um, Dr. Evil then proceeds to drop a rap musical number after. It's after, a hard enough life for us. Yeah, it's set to that song from Annie and freaking uh, because Debo from Friday was like, I know dudes on crack that make more sense than you. I know dudes on crack. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> and make more sense than you. He does a rap number and it's like, so you guys are going to make a prison riot and we're going to just watch on out from the front door. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome plan. <laughs> he wished. Except there's only one purpose out of this damn rap number. This rap number kind of sucked. Yeah. But I'm getting the fucking the thumbnail for this episode is going to be mini me. As Flavor Flav with the cash background and the fucking women in their bikinis. Okay, the only other one I was gonna recommend uh, was uh, was the one later on where he's talking to Goldmember on the two way radio. <laughs> that was a good one too. But um, I'm yeah. just saying, like fucking mini me as <laughs> like Flavor Flav. I was like, 
That has to be the thumbnail. So I am putting my foot down. I don't know how you felt about this. I felt like some of the jokes in this movie weren't like landing that much, more or less so with Dr. Evil. But it sounded like, but but then I forgot, oh, wait, fuck, James loves this movie. So I bet he's howling. But I guess you didn't like the rap number. Oh, no, the rap number was cringy. Like the visuals were funny. Yeah. But the song was like, dude. I hate these damn fucking evil nu- musical numbers. What were we saying about uh, when we were talking about music, about about Bohemian Rhapsody, the song for being self-indulgent? Yes. Uh, this fucking, uh, I think, I think Mike, Mike Myers, Myers got a little self-indulgent with these movies. Kind of, sort of. Okay, so, <clears throat> and then, yeah, after the song ends, they just have a riot. And then evil, evil, I almost said evil me and mini doctor, Dr. Evil and mini me just escape. And they have like a spotlight on them. And the guards like attention guards, Dr. Evil is escaping. Mini evil is escaping. Dr. Evil is getting away. And then, yeah, they just get away. So, yeah, we forgot to mention, like, after when Austin and Foxy, like, got away, they actually went back to the future in 2002. Oh, yeah, and then this right. is the part where we see, like, Austin's hanging out and freaking Foxy comes out and, like, Austin's showing her the internet as they watch, like, a video a clip. monkey fall out of a tree. After poking its butthole and sniffing its finger. Innocent times. So then, Bazo Exposition. And he shows up and he mentions how they have a mole working for Dr. Evil. And it's Fred well, Savage. Well, evil, evil got away. Yeah. There's the mole. It's fucking Fred Savage and his giant mole. Yeah, I forgot got, to mention he has a giant mole on his face. Austin's fucking guy going, mole. Yeah, we'll like mole on that. You want to talk about jokes that went on too long. These fucking mole gags. Yep. These did go on for a fucking Because it's not mode. just him. Dr. Evil does it too, but it's still Mike Myers. So it's like, man, he must have really found this mole bit funny. So now, in Evil's and freaking Evil and his Dr. Evil shaped submarine lair. Yeah, in the Tokyo Bay. Yes. Goldmember is hanging out there eating, like, we see him eat a part of his shedded skin. We forgot to mention that gag that like the show that he his skin sheds and he likes to collect the big chunky ones. You know, with this and then just everything fat bastard ever says and does. I don't know if Mike Myers is really good or really bad at gross out humor because his gross out humor grosses me out and it doesn't really make me laugh. So but either way, I didn't get much on dialogue for like them before they did try to say, um, ladies and gentlemen, because he says ladies and gentlemen a lot in these movies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my new submarine lair, which is it's long, hard and full of (laughs) seamen. Like he does the freaking like. Ex- but no one laughs. He's yeah. like, really? Nothing? Not really? even a chuckle? Not even a chuckle. Why does Dr. Evil look so fat? Like he just, his movements is just. It's the suit, bro. It's the suit. <laughs> but yeah, um, so he welcomes him in. He 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 recaps his plans. And, he, and yeah, the idea is he wants to pull the meteor earth and smash it into the ice caps to flood the planet. So we get a gag where he's like using like now like an actual big glow presentation. But the fucking globe lands on his fucking head and smashes through. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, well, you guys done it. Now I look like the freaking Jack in the box here. And then he um, and then he gets it off. He's like, OK, send me the meteor. And then little mini me throws the meteor on a string and it ends up thwacking Dr. Evil in the nuts. And uh, honestly, this gag was pretty hilarious. Nut gags are funny. Like to me. 
the slapstick with like evil and just like the meteor and the globe. And then he ch- and he's like and he's like, hold on, let me make sure my balls are still there. One, two, uh, and three. Okay. And then, like they freaking talk about like we also have a what happened if Austin Power stops us? Oh, but here's the thing: we have a backup plan. Because Gold Member says like we have his Faja. Faja, which Faja? His fa- his Faja. Faja, what 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 What's is fa- his Faja? Like his dad. Like his dad. Oh, oh you mean father. father? And then we get the iconic moment. Oh, this is the bet. I actually watched this scene like three times. We get the iconic moment where Gold Member asks, "Can I paint his yuhu gold?" Doctor Evil, his mechanical chair. He slowly turns to him. He moves the chair and it rides right up to him very slowly. He gets about like an inch from his face. He looks him right in the eye and he goes, how about no? (laughs) But no. Classic. This next scene was, fuck dude, I watched this three times because I thought this was the funniest shit. Because fucking it's like. Oh, the shit with Michael Caine and Amy? Dude, they bring in Michael Caine and he's like just walking in and like guards with guns and he's just sitting there. He opens his line and is like, easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right. He's like talking to guards like, we have freaking Nigel Powers here. And he's like, all right. He's talking to guards like, all right, you know, I've done this before. You're going to come at me. I'm going to hit you with like only one fist. You're both going to knock out. He knocks out like two guards and he talks to the guys like, tell, he's like talking to one guard and he's like, all right, you're going to come to me. It's like, don't even bother. You don't even have a name tag. Just lay down. <laughs> just lay down. Fuck. That was a good scene. Oh. And then now Mini-Me takes But Michael it's just K- Michael K's voice. Easy peasy, lemon, lemon squeezy. <laughs> then Mini-Me takes Michael Kane into his cell room. And then Michael Kane tries to appeal to Mini-Me, saying he says, I don't like the way they treat you. Just because you're one-eighth their size doesn't mean you deserve one-eighth their respect. And then he words it differently, but then he basically asks Mini-Me, like, if he has a small wiener. And then Mini-Me drops his trousers, and Kane says, my word, you're a tripod. My word, you're a tripod. <laughs> it's like a baby's arm holding an apple. Oh, my word. <laughs> it's a baby's arm holding an apple. He doesn't go all with these jokes. They all hit so good in once. I just realized that baby's arm holding an apple thing that actually kind of comes back later in a gag, which I just realized. Ah, Nigel Powers. Hello, hello. hello. Ooh. <laughs> Bring him to me. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> oh, put the guns down. Is this, is this the first day on the job or something? Look, this is how it goes. You attack me one at a time, and I knock you out with a single punch, okay? Go. Do you know who I am? Have you any idea how many anonymous henchmen I've killed over the years? And look at you, you haven't even got a name tag. You've got no chance. Why don't you just fall down? Go on, son. All right, Dr. Evil. Give yourself up while you've still got a chance. Okay, okay? You've got me. Nigel Powers, meet... Mini me. Oh, blimey. I thought I smelled cabbage. Take him away. Hey. That's pretty good. Dude, I, I had to watch this so I had to watch that scene so many times. Just him just saying, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. 
Easy peasy. See a lemon squeezy. squeezy. Is this your first day? Is this your first time on the job? You don't even stand a chance. You don't even have a name tag. Just lay down. So back with Austin. Um, oh, wait, hold on. My notes scroll back up. Here we go. Hold on. How about no? You're a tripod. Okay. Then Austin's psychedelic plane lands in Tokyo. They're driving through town and Basil calls them and tells them to go to a sumo arena to meet, to, to find something out. And then, holy shit, Fat Bastard's back. Yep. They're in a sumo arena and we see Fat Bastard walking out. You know, Fat Bastard makes sense to be in the sumo world because I don't know how much you've ever read up on like sumo culture in Japan, but there's a lot of hazing and douchebaggery. So, uh, yeah, Fat Bastard would fit right in. He beats, a, he beats a sumo wrestler that he's wrestling against. Yeah, by- he just twists his fucking cock and then throws him out of the ring. Nope, that's that's what happens. Yep. So then we see him exchange an envelope with someone, and then Fat Bastard takes a crap. Yeah, we see Fat Bastard, Shadow Gag taking a shit, and Foxy and Austin are sneaking into the friggin' um to the backstage or the friggin' like locker room or like friggin' tub washroom. The wash washroom for the sumos, and like Austin's in the cart while like Foxy's pushing it, and friggin' like sumos are throwing their garbs in there, and like there it's like friggin' you know. The shit where their junk's on. Yeah. Fucking just like Austin's face is just all up in that. And then like what gets him <laughs> is that fat bastard's like about to throw his he garbage in there. He's like, oh, I think I think I pinched one off a little early. Oh, oh I, yeah. There's a rose. There's a bit of a rosebud in there for you. <laughs> it's weird. I can't do his voice, but I, can, I can't even do the Shrek voice even. I don't know. But yeah. And yes. Hey, donkey. Donkey. I'll pinch one off there for you, donkey. I don't know. But yeah. And then, but it um, lands on Austin's face and he just pops out and he's like, you are f- really sick. You are truly a fat bastard. <laughs> oh, yeah. And fat bastards like lost a lot of weight. Quote it's like, no, it's like, I've been really on a diet. Oh, I've been really on a diet. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't even do the Michael Caine voice. And I'm so disappointed. Easy peasy. lemon squeezy. <laughs> so... <laughs> So then Fat Bastard, it basically comes down, Austin Powers, Fat Bastard, have a fight. But not before Fat Bastard tries to seduce Foxy. You like my titties. That's what he tells. But uh. he, Mike Myers in a fat suit asks Beyonce Knowles, do you like my titties? So they fight. At one point in the com- in combat, Austin actually uses the titties against him because he gives Fat Bastard a purple. You're giving me a nurple. You know, purple nurple. You, get- ah, you gave me a nurple. Austin breaks away and runs across some dudes' stomach lounging in a tub. And then Fat Bastard says, get ready for my for my awesome wire attack. I don't know. He says he's all, he's suspended on wires and he's doing like friggin like five front flips over this friggin bathtub of like dude's leg in there. I'm just saying Matrix but, should take notes. Yes. And the fucking but the one of the wires break and fat bastards just kind of stuck there hanging. So that's kind of the end of the fight. And then like Foxy like shoots him down and friggin yeah. and he they're t- like they yeah. interrogate him and they tell him evil's a he's an evil's in a building run by Mr. Roboto because they're building a tractor beam and that, uh, oh, and then there's like two minutes of really gross fart jokes. Yeah, well, it's just he farts and then he's just wafting it like, oh, that's a good one. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Moving on. (sighs) I don't have much notes on it too. It's a fucking fart joke. So it's... 
This isn't Michael Caine. There's nothing worth to mark out about. I don't give a fuck about freaking Mike Myers' freaking fart jokes. Now, Michael Caine, easy peasy lemon squeezy. You know, Michael Caine wasn't even in the movie all that much, but when he's there, he's just owning every shot. So with Dr. Evil, Scotty shows up, who's like balding, by the way, like I mentioned earlier, and he's trying like to be his evil. Faja. He shows Doctor, he says, I got a gift for you, Father. And it's freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. Like from the first movie that he wanted. Yeah. He couldn't get because freaking, uh, I guess, sharks were an endangered species. Yeah. But Scott's actually evil, so he actually got him freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. And then, so now Dr. Evil's just all about Scott, right? So now he's like, it's getting a little crowded. He says, come Papa Squat next to Daddy. And then he's like, it's getting a little crowded in here. Everyone leave, except for you, Doctor, except for you, number two, and Scott, and all the people in the back. So he's basically shooing out Mini-Me. Yeah. He's just basically because Mini-Me's being shooed out, and we just got, like, gold members like, oh, little one, oh, little one, can't take a hint. <laughs> Gold member was funny. You know, the movie's named after him. I thought he'd be in the movie more, but honestly, bro, Dr. Evil's the money. Yeah. And Michael fucking K. <laughs> so then after that, Fox and Austin get a call from Basil, and he's basically just like, yeah, Fat Bastard was right. Go speak to Mr. Roboto of Roboto Industries. And yeah, of course. Speak to Roboto, and all of this was was the subtitle gag. Yeah, and of course, one of the first things Austin says is, well, Domi Arigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> so they get there, and at first he's speaking Japanese, and Foxy says a single sentence, but then, yeah, it's subtitle gags. Like, for instance, one moment it looks uh, it looks like he's telling Austin to eat shit, but then Foxy moves something, blocking or making the subtitles blend in. He was actually saying, eat some shiitake mushrooms. Ha ha ha. Uh-huh. Then it looks like he says, your ass is happy. But he really says, your assignment is an, an unhappy, unhappy one. one. Ha ha ha. And then the last one, he goes to talk to his geisha looking secretary. And he says he has a huge rod. More like road rod. And it's rodent problem. It's like, no, I have a huge rodent problem. Ha ha ha. And it's like, I, that feels it. And Austin's like, that feels off topic. And he's like, I'm just going to talk in English. Oh, you could have done this in the beginning. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, I can't help you on your missing dad. I thought it was fun. I love the subtitle. And then Austin then goes sneaks around and then we get the fucking pissing statue gag. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so he sneaks into a room because him and Foxy split and like freaking. Yeah. He take he um he's hiding from a guard, but he accidentally trips a cord that makes the peeing statue stop peeing. So then he has to pee. And it's kind of I just re- I realized when I was watching it that it's kind of a recycling of the pee gag from the first movie, but it goes on way longer. Yep. And yeah, he's trying to pee and he's trying to keep it going. He drinks water. And then he drinks asparagus. You mean eat asparagus. That's you what I said. You said drink. N- no. Yes. You said drink. Uh, you did. Continuing on. No. So Dude, then, I so he eats fucking his, No, shut up. So he eats asparagus, but then like the freaking guy smells something, so he stops eating the asparagus. But then, yeah, he's able to plug it back in, and it's fine. But then he knocks out a guard. Yeah, like a dude finds like sneaks up on him. He has a quick fight, knocks him out. Then he like places him down. Then hides behind the statue. And then on the camera, the dude's looking like it looks like Austin's peeing into the dude's mouth. This statue pissing gag. I'm not gonna lie, I found it funny. So then eventually Foxy appears. 
I found it funny. Yeah, she knocks out a guy. Her her catchphrase is, uh, she says, Shazam! When she punches people. Shazam! <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, she talks in, like, old school, like, written by white people, black people jive, where she says sugar and brother, you know, and stuff like that. Sucker. So, like, like how Steven Seagal tries to talk? Hey, Beyonce. Why are you trying to steal my gag, man? What you doing, brother? Well, come on. Don't be such a sucker. Don't be a sucker. <sighs> See, man, everyone here is thinking that you're me and I'm you. <laughs> you know what? I feel like that's a fucking dumb line Steven Seagal No, it is. Said. It's from one of the ones Mr. Gigi reviewed. I forget <laughs> the name of it, but yeah. It was one of those ones where... He's top billing, but he's in there for less than half the movie. Yep. Like all those movies. <laughs> so, yeah. Piss joke, piss joke, plunges it in, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then Foxy comes in. Shazam punches the guy. Now they're in Goldmember's lab. Um, well, they're in the Roboto like, factory <laughs> well, lab. Right. And they're loading up Preparation H in the Goldmember's like, freaking escape vehicle. Yeah. He's given a key that looks mostly like a dong. Come on. This is Austin Powers. There's a lot of dong jokes. And then he's able to get away because Foxy holds him up, but then Austin can't doesn't go after him because we see Michael Caine strapped to a conveyor belt As about his, to have an unfortunate smelting accident. An unfortunate smelting accident. And then Austin goes up trying to like get his dad out of there and his dad's telling him like, Austin, Austin, what are you doing? Go forget like you're going to let Goldmember get away. And he's like, no, I won't have that happen. Foxy comes like Goldmember's getting away. <laughs> And then here's a sentence I never thought I would type or say. Michael Caine hits on Beyonce and she's down. Yeah, because Michael Caine's like, hello, 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 Austin. Why don't you introduce me to your friend? And he's like, is that whatever insert perfume? He's like, well, yes, it is. Ah, yes. That's how like women should be should smell like. Especially one as beautiful as yourself. Uh -huh. And then Austin like crunches down like, ah, okay, I get it, Austin. Get me off here. Jelly. Dude, Michael Caine. <laughs> I'm telling you. So they, so they get. This wasn't fair. Every time he came on, it was like everyone was so fucking C tier. They give Chase in Michael Caine's car because he just calls it because he's Michael Caine and it blasts through the building. And then they're bobbing and weaving through the Japanese. No, streets. it's a, no, it's a come on, it's another Michael Cage gag. Oh yeah, yeah, it's they're right. It's, me. Uh, Here's the thing because it's like, all right, will you use my spy car to chase down like gold member? His spy car comes through. It's a Mini Cooper, and then forget Austin's like, Dad, you drive a Mini. Son, it's not how the size. It's not the size. It's how you use it. It's not about the size. It's about how you use it. It's not about the size. It's about how you use it. And I'm like, well, come on, yeah, I would drive a mini mini Cooper over fucking uh, Jaguar. So they're oh, Jaguars are cool ish. Yeah, but Mini Coopers are going to be a more fulfilling driving experience. But, oh my, you you just you don't like fancy cars. Yeah, I like driving fun cars. Fancy cars can be fun just as long as you don't Paul Walker it. Yeah, how about yeah? Or Ryan Dunnett. Yeah, but those cars. Uh, I know Ryan Dunn was mobbing in a Porsche. I wouldn't call that a fancy car. I thought Porsche was fancy. I think like it's fancy, but not like you're talking about. Like fucking has a TV in the fucking car. Fancy. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty fancy, if you ask me. All right, where are we? Okay, so they're giving chase through the Japanese streets, and then um, 
<clears throat> excuse me. And eventually, you know, they're bobbing and weaving. He's trying to shoot him. But then the car crashes into like a monster float, a green monster float, and it begins driving around. This was one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie. A Japanese man stops CL. Run! It's Godzilla! And another gentleman runs up behind. He's, it looks like Godzilla, but due to international copyright laws, it's not. Still, we should run like it's Godzilla! But it's not. By the way, the guy that did the international copyright bit, that was fucking Hero from that old show Heroes. Was it now? Which had Hayden Penetary. Hayden Penet... Patentier. Patentier. Whatever. Kyrie. Had fucking Kyrie. Or fucking the wild chick in fucking Nashville. Or, uh, oh yeah, she was in Nashville. Dude, she's babe. Good actress, too. Like, she's actually, she's a really good actress. She's so short. She's like this tall. That's great. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, they, I, I appreciate that the music even had like a mock-up version of like Godzilla's theme. Cause you know, the other theme is like that dun, 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 dun. They had like a, like a pseudo cover version of that. Uh, oh yeah. And then holy fuck, is that Charizard I wrote? Cause yeah, there was just a dude chilling in a Charizard costume. That should tell you something that they were able to show Charizard on screen, but not fucking Godzilla. <laughs> so then... Goldmember calls Evil like it's a trucker radio. And all I know about this scene is Evil calls Goldmember a bitch pile of monkey nuts. Was this like a Spoking a Bandit spoof? I think. I don't know. It was a trucker spoof, though. For sure. But either way, at the end, Goldmember is able to get into the submarine layer and was able to get away. Yeah. And then we have a moment where Austin's arguing with his dad because he's sitting there. He's like, we need to go in and sneak in and get on the layer. And his like, dad's like, no. Come on, I've been doing this forever. We need to get, we need to get, a, we need to get an army. We need to get friggin' some machine guns. We need to get swim. We need to get friggin' scuba gear. We need to get gadgets. And Austin's like, I don't like using gadgets, except outside the bedroom. <laughs> That's the awesome powers laugh. And then yeah, they go their separate ways because drama. They go their separate yeah, ways. Yeah, here's like the thing. The Austin has song. a daddy issue. Well, here's the thing. They're talking. Oh, yeah, dude, there was a fucking brutal line he says to him because he's sitting there and like talking about I like gave you a nanny for every until she like I hired her until you were 24 and I wasn't hiring her for her cooking Haha. and stuff. And Austin's like, I needed a dad, not a friend. And he's sitting there and like, oh, you have an issue here. Here's a tissue. And Beyonce's like laughing. I'm like, that is brutal. <laughs> Pretty brutal. That is a brutal line. And then Austin's like, that's not Funny. I was like, soon as like, no, that's kind of funny. It's like just a little funny, but that line is brutal. No, that was savage. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm trying to unload my issues. To you it's like, oh, you have an issue, have a tissue. <laughs> I'm like, Michael Caine's brutal. That was a brutal. That sounds line. like you when you're listening to your Punisher roommates. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not saying fucked up things to them. That's true. They're just punishers because they just want to like talk to me. And I'm like, you're talking, you're trying to like have like long conversations with me at inappropriate times. I'm just here to grab some breakfast and start my day. So then we switch gears to Austin's Tokyo hotel where mini me is with Fred Savage. And he's like filling out paperwork to officially defect to the good guys. Another mole joke, and then he goes to take a call. Minnie-Me grabs a small knife to open a letter, and then Austin comes home and sees him. With and, a knife, and he goes like, Assassin! And then he punts him across the room. Into, dude, I'm sorry. I don't know if this is not PC, but bro, the, the, the bits where Minnie-Me just gets thrown the fuck around is hilarious. Yeah, slapstick. 
So they have another fight again, but unlike in the last movie, Austin actually gets to kick Minimi's ass for a bit. He even uh, he even emulates Jason Voorhees, where he like stuffs Minimi in a sack and then just starts slamming him around the room. It was good. And then Fred Savage comes back and tells Austin, Minimi's a good guy now. And Austin's like, oh, whoops, lol. So we cut to him, Minnie, and Foxy. Whoa, in we a get car. the fucking bowl gag. This is like the last of it, where he's like sitting yeah. there and like Fred Savage is like, just let it out of your system. He goes, Mo, 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 I'm going to chop it up and make some guacamole. I'm not going to lie, the guacamole. I think I would have laughed at the guacamole joke if there wasn't like so many other mole gags in the movie already. Well, then we see Minnie Me dressed up as Austin. It's pretty funny. That was funny. <laughs> They're in the car with Foxy. And Minnie Me writes a letter to Austin telling him the tractor beam is complete. Then he writes to Foxy a note that says, You're so beautiful. And she's like, Aw, thanks, Minnie Bro. Are you a clone of an angel? It's like, no, I am all woman. And then and then he sends her is another it? letter that says, You sure you don't have a little clone in you? Turns over the paper. Would you like to? And Austin's ah! howling. That was pretty good. <laughs> so they submerge with Austin's car. Oh, yeah, because the car is a submarine thingy, like sort of kind of in Thunderball. Yep. And um, evil calls the world organization. He tells them, I'm going to flood the earth. Give me a billion. If unless you give me one, one billion, billion, million, bajillion, fulfillion yen. And it's like, no. We're not going to do that. Fine. I'll show you how this tractor beam works. And he like gets up and he's like using in the tractor beam to move a satellite. And now we got a gag like the penis gag. This Sir, is now- he's, he's moving one of our radars. Which one? The one that looks like a pair of cut to a woman selling melons. Melons. Big juicy lemons. Fun fact. This is Nikki Six's ex-wife. Oh, OK. She was actually billed as like uh, something. Her last name hyphen six. So there you go. And then a guy comes up, are they soft and firm? He says it like that, too. Are they soft and firm? And then he says, he looks over, wow, hey, look at that. Looks like a set of giant cut to a football game where shirtless dudes have the letters T, I, T, and S painted on. But then two gentlemen showed up to fill in the rest of the letters for an A and N. It says Titans. Woo, go Titans. Oh, wow, look at that. Reminds me of, then cut to Ozzy fucking Osborne and just goes, Boobs. Hold on. I, I can't even do it justice. Just just listen to this. Boobs. Boobs, Ozzy. These filmmakers are just f-ing boobs. Move it up a what little bit. What do you mean, Dad? Well, they're using the same joke as they did in the last Austin Powers movie. What joke? You know, joke about the long, smooth rocket that looks like some guy's Johnson. <laughs> yes, sir. Any sign of that satellite? No, sir. Uh, that was it's not as good as the penis jokes but that one was pretty good it was better because it's like boobs and, and then i thought to myself i'm like These wait movie makers just a bunch of boobs and what then do I, you mean ozzy and i thought to myself wait a minute when the when was the fucking osborne's on tv i thought that was 2002. like 2002 i thought that was like 2000 well later than that nope <laughs> i didn't realize that it was peers with hogan knows best oh yeah no dude it was better than hogan's knows best oh i don't know I need to watch both, but Hogan his, Knows Best is unironically. The first two seasons of Osborne's are fucking gold, though. Hogan Knows Best is unironically my favorite reality show. Ocean, I command you to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Hogan Knows Best is pretty good, though. I haven't watched it in a long time. I, I'm not discredited. I have a feeling Hogan Knows Best And then Best they tried to do the spinoff shit. with Brooke Knows Best. And then around the same no. time, Hogan went back to TNA. And then Brooke Hogan was in love with, like, Bubba Ray. Yeah. And this <laughs> around Hogan went through his divorce, though. Yes. Oh, man. I love Hulk Hogan. So, yeah, that happens. You love and laughing at Hulk Hogan. I just like Hulk Hogan's entire existence. The good and the bad. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I love Hulk Hogan. Even when he's a sleazy scumbag, there's still kind of things to like about him. Like, look at him in WCW. Like, yeah, what was he being? Was he always a like creative, creative control clausing asshole? Not as much as some people say, but he was. But he was still pretty entertaining. Oh, you know, he's funny, especially when he's out charismaing Billy Kidman. His feud with Billy Kidman is literally the poster child for just because you're a better wrestler doesn't mean you're the better professional wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, evil is with Roboto. Oh, sorry. Really quick. Um. So, yeah. Well, Austin, I got evil is like peace out nerds to them. Then Austin and crew sneak on the submarine. Mini me humps Beyonce Knowles's leg, which is something I also never thought I'd say. Evil is with Mr. Roboto, who's asking for a bonus. as We're doing the good work for the tractor beam. Which he says is traditional Japanese custom. And then uh, Dr. Evil laughs. Scott then, like, kills him. Well, basically uses the seat, like, slide into the, like, the friggin', like, sharks with laser beam heads. Yeah. And then Roboto's eaten by sharks with fucking, freaking laser beams heads. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I, th- I don't think Seth Green looks weird, but he looks weird bald. Like, I don't think he looks weird by default. Here's the thing. Seth Green f- plays a perfect Scott. <laughs> I feel like there's some multiple layers to that. Yes. <laughs> So then uh, then Austin and Minnie Me come across a lab coat big enough for two. Austin deduces that someone's going to have to sit on the shoulders of the other. So naturally, Austin is on Minnie Me's shoulders, because why <laughs> the fuck not? They're bashing and crashing and everything, and then a doctor calls them over for a physical. First is the urine sample. There's like bottles of apple juice, which question, does apple juice help induce peeing? Maybe. Could. I just figured you'd know. So, but he hands the apple juice to Mini Me, but instead of like just pouring the apple juice in the cup, he fucking hands it to Mini Me, and Mini Me just spits it out like, yeah, and it's like guy- a fucking sprinkler when like the like physicians looking back as like they show like them trying to fill up this cup with a possible <laughs> urine sample, and those physicians like fucking weirdos. So then he has him go behind this tent, and now we get shadow gags. Yeah, because they bring in another person, and he sees... Remember that bit about the baby's arm holding an apple? Well, from this dude's perspective, I didn't know how to like write it on my notes, like transcribe it to Here's words. Thing, like, Mini-Me but- is like, standing beside Austin up on a stool, and like they're looking through the freaking plans of like the... Of the, the looking through the freaking map of the submarine, and yeah, there's a dude just looking at them through the shadow, and like you just see Mini Me's arm looks like a fucking Austin's penis, and like Austin's like you know playing rock paper scissors with it, then it's like eating an apple, yeah. and freaking like that's the gag. Yeah, it's like you ever heard of the term third arm? They did it literal. And then eventually it ends with the doctor going to them and finding him out or whatever, and then it um. Again, I didn't know how to really transcribe this to words, but basically, uh, for whatever reason, Mini Me's like tied to fucking Austin Powers now. And then it just from the purse, the 
point of view of the other guy, it looks like Austin just gives birth to him. Yes. But then Minnie Me escapes through the chute as like they're caught by the physician. After it looks the like physician. he chews off his own umbilical cord. Yeah. So then after that, um, where are we? So Austin is captured. Minnie Me slides down a slide and reunites with Foxy. Foxy lady. Foxy Cleopatra. Here I come, baby. Coming to get you. Jimi Hendrix. Yep. For all the uninitiated. So, oh man, then this fucking scene. Oh my God. So then Austin's brought to evil <laughs> and evil's about to show his plans, but Foxy about to show his plans on how the tractor beams work. He's about to whip out the key to the tractor beam, but realizes it's gone because Foxy was able to steal it. So that's its turn. <laughs> then Foxy and Minnie show up and it's like, bam, good guys win. Psych. Austin's about to shoot Dr. Evil, but then Michael Kane like he's about to say, like, all right, evil has now come to this. You, me, and, and a, a gun. gun. And then he's about to shoot him. And then Michael Kane walks out. And then and then and then he says, I can't let you do that, Star Fox. I have to protect my son. But Dad, I'm alright. I'm over here. No. I mean him. And I'm like. Dr. Evil is awesome powers as fucking brother? What? I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't watch these movies. Uh, no, I think I think I might have mentioned that. I saw clips. I never saw these movies. So <laughs> So that's a pretty that's pretty awesome. I got the head generant general. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so then there's like a slow-mo bit. Uh, so uh, sorry, so then Michael Caine explains in a flashback, he's like <laughs> Yeah, um, because Doctor was like, but he said, uh, you know, your mother died in a car accident. We were on holiday, and then Doctor was like, I just finished up with a mission, and I went easy, to have easy lemon squeezy, and I went to have a tinkle. So he said a tinkle, <laughs> and then, um, and then yeah, a car exploded. It was an assassination attempt, and then he said, I thought only Austin survived. I wanted to come rescue you, but those Belgians were so evil. And they were on the cut, and they were on the border to what, what's and the Belgium's Dutch? also a neighboring near border with the Dutch. Yeah, with the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, turns out they're brothers. And then oh, and Doctor Evil's real name is Dougie. By yep. the way, Dougie Powers. So then there's this like slow mo bit. All they needed for this bit was chariots of fire because like there's a bit the thing, where it's like he, like you got evils like well I don't believe in that news I'm gonna need some tests and daddy yeah and then he hugs him and then freaking Austin Powers slow mo runs to Michael well Kane. like Michael Kane asks is like Austin what are you going to do he and says he, like he's like um, I should have told you this long ago but I am proud of you son can you ever forgive me. I already do, Dad. Then they run towards each other and hug. Then Dr. Evil runs to them and they hug. Then Mini-Me runs up and they hug. And then Beyonce looks satisfied. Scott looks disgusted. And I'm just sitting on my futon laughing. I think that's the part where, like, Scott's just sitting there. It's like, just like, you know, gets all pissed. It's like, what? Now you're good? It's like, I've been trying to, like, get your approval, Dad. Try to be evil and everything. And Austin's like... First, I'm not evil enough. And now you're turning good? He, and, 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 Austin, like, and Austin's like, Austin's like, trust me, kid. You can you you can go your whole life trying to meet your father's approval. But at the end of the day, you've got to just do it for yourself, baby. baby. And he's like, I hate you. I hate all you. I, I hate, hate you. you. 
I hate and you. Who? And most of all, I, I don't know you, but I hate you. <laughs> and then he like looks at me and he says, you, I hate you the most. I'll it, get you. You'll pay for this. You'll all pay. And he runs off like, and it freaking, he got like evil goes like, I just want to make sure that like no one else in my gene pool runs like a girl. Well, he to- totally runs That's like that. That's exactly how he runs, yeah. <laughs> but then Goldmember remembered his name's the fucking movie, so he shows up and he's trying to like activate the tractor beam. He's like, he's like you guys don't want to destroy the world, but I do. I do. So then, yeah, he gets the key. He's he's getting the key. Oh, no, he tries to get the key, but Beyonce's like, able he's to get gone. The, yeah, able to get the key and throw it in the freaking shark tank. But. But you see. My tally walker is a works as a key too. Yeah, his 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 magnum dong that got golded in a, a smelting accident. In a smelting accident uh, is also a key. So yeah, Austin ass evil is like, hey, what can we do? It's like, uh, we can reverse the, the polarity on the tractor beam. So either way, Golden Member like activates the tractor beam, and but like Evil is able to reverse the polarity in time, and thus friggin' Gold Member is just friggin' shocked to friggin' who knows what. Not dead, but he's like shocked off the like platform, lands down, and then when Gold Member stands up, we see it's John Travolta. Yeah, it's John Travolta. <laughs> you need to explain. It. I gotta see what were your so reactions. John Tra- so this happens. I'm like, wait, what the. F- Fuck, why does he look different? And then credits come on where he's like, where it's like John Travolta as gold member. And then in the John Travolta voice, he's like, how about another pancake and cigarette? How about I'm another from sh- Holland? I was like, how about another smoke and a pancake? I'm from Holland. It's not I'm as creepy. Uh-huh, 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 I like n- it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he dances. It's not as creepy as Tom Cruise's, yeah, yeah baby. baby. Yeah, baby. So then we figure out, oh, hey, it's the end it's of- It's another movie within a movie. Yeah. Sort of. Because I guess Dr. E, I'm sorry, Dougie and Mini-Me are good guys now, but- They're yeah. at a movie. We see everyone's at a movie premiere. The movie's over for freaking Austin Pussy- the name that's what they named. I forgot them. to mention they named they mentioned that earlier. The name isn't it's not Austin Powers, it's Austin Pussy. Austin Pussy. But uh, they step out like they're like everyone's leaving the movie theater. We see a fat bastard has been on the subway diet. So now we see fat bastard like not, Jared. Which uh, like Jared, which yeah, that's a joke's a little dated. Ooh. But, but we just sitting there and it's like, I do have a little extra skin, but also look at my neck. It looks like a vagina. vagina. I didn't know you could say that in a PG-13 movie. Oh, they did. And then, yeah, uh, they walk out. He ha- Mike Myers kisses Beyonce Knowles, which is something else I never uh, thought I'd say. And then we see Scott behind the Hollywood he's sign like, as he's, like, he's with I'll fully- get you, Austin Powers. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's the Austin Powers trilogy. And, yeah, and then we get the credits shot. We get the credits going. We see shots of, like, some um, bloopers of Ozzy flubbing his lines. And it's so funny because when we're, like, Sharon gets on his shoulder, like, he tells Sharon, like, fuck off. (laughs) That's a funny thing. Then we see, like, another shot of, like, Britney Spears talking to Mini-Me. And she's like, so is it true that you're a tripod? (laughs) <laughs> every meeting me whispers in her ear and she's like can I give you my cell phone number 
<laughs> I didn't see that. And then we have freaking in the like credits, like Austin, like saying, I was like, Bruce Bacharach, play it, take it away. So we get, uh, we still get a Bacharach cameo. Not Bacharach. You know, actually showing up. You know, it's not too late if they make Austin Powers 4. Burt Bacharach's like 80, but he's alive. Well, I hope he Bacharach... He could do one more cameo. I hope Bacharach shows up. And yeah, dude, that was all three Austin Powers movies. How'd you like that bullshit? Good. With moments of greatness. Fuck, some of those jokes needed to either be trimmed down for time. Or to fuck off. Or just fuck off. But it's not fair that Michael Caine was in here. I think I was freaking watched the video essay one time saying that Michael Caine was like kind of slotted to possibly play as like 007. Oh, I did hear that rumor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess this is the close we'll get to him being 007. A long time ago, he was slotted. I think. I'm, oh yeah, not, I'm pretty not sure. Old, not old. I think ass. he might have actually been on the consideration for uh, for the Roger Moore era. I think it was around that time. Because he had he's been around a while. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you want to say Michael Caine is a campy like 007 or a better Austin Powers, fuck, dude. He was so good in this movie. He was really good. Because dude, he was the best that's part gonna of this have movie. to be, you know, that's gonna be have to be the journey we take one day is every fucking bomb movie. Do we have to? One day. Do we have like You love Bond. Did you watch No Time to Die yet? Yeah, unfortunately. You did? Yeah. Finally, bro. Fuck. What'd you think of that movie? Why couldn't they just let him be happy? <laughs> I mean, I get it. They ended the movie the way they did to be like, you know, this is our bond. This is his beginning. This is his end, whatever. And, you know, we're going to be the first bond film that does this. But like, wouldn't it have been, wouldn't it have been a more revolutionary idea if he just got to walk away? Cause think about it. This is the only bond with a true definitive conclusion. All the other ones were just like slices of life. You could say golden eye was kind of a pseudo beginning, but it wasn't even the beginning it was more of like a reintroduction this is the first bond that had a genuine beginning middle and end and it's just like why'd it have to end like this and they always call this one the realistic bond daniel craig like you know uh sean connery's like you know he's the manly bond uh freaking um uh roger moore's like the gentleman bond i say you know what daniel craig's the sad bond the sad bond. Because all his movies are just... He never gets... Nothing good ever happens to him. Except for the end of Spectre. Yes. But then this movie happens. And I, I watched the movie. And, and when it was over, I'm just sitting there. I'm like this. And I'm just like, why'd you do that? You didn't have to. But you wanted to. Yeah, don't... Yeah, Dicks. see, I was the opposite. I thought that was pretty sick. I was like, oh, dude, they actually killed Bond? That's pretty sick. Not gonna lie. I mean, it takes balls, but I, 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 I maybe I'm just a maybe I'm just a geek. I would have been perfectly happy if James Bond actually got to like you know live out the married life. All I know I can say is Rami Malek was a perfect creepy bastard. Rami Malek is a good actor, but he's he's really good at being creepy, and I feel bad saying that. <laughs> he has the face. I've seen iRobot. The dude's weird. Well, the character he plays. Yeah. I, I, I've played uh, Until Dawn, that horror game, and he's a weird, creepy dude in that, too, with Hayden Penetaire. <laughs> so, it's... Yeah, but yeah. whatever his character was, fucking... Yeah, no, he was awesome in No Time to Die. My thing is just how it fucking was like... So, Spectre just kind of gets annihilated, like, halfway yeah. through. I'm like, okay. 
And then the shit with Blofeld, I was like, eh, that could have been built up better. Yeah, no. It wasn't a perfect movie, but I felt like the ending was like, you know what? Pretty sick movie. I had a lot of fun when I watched it, though. How could you have fun with that movie? It's so sad. See, I don't know how to, like, react to that without saying, like, yeah, I had fun watching Sadness. That sounds horrible. I mean, it's not like a Pixar movie, which like Inside Out or something, which is, like, you know, sad in bits, but, like, it's an overall pleasant experience. Like, yeah, this no, movie was, this movie just, it starts sad, it starts somber and ends sad. So it's But at the same time, it's just, like... And I'm not saying that doesn't make it a good movie. No, it's I think not it's like a good movie. It's like, like it's not like a bad ending. It's just that like we see the end of the we see the, finally the end of Daniel Craig doing James Bond. They, his character dies. Yeah, I wonder when we're gonna get the next Bond. There's I'm that, curious about that. There's that rumor that's been going around forever that they're gonna make the next Bond Idris Elba. Like it'd be sick. He'd be sick. Like he was pretty sick in but Hobbs you, and Shaw, but that movie's <laughs> campy as fuck. I love Hobbs and Shaw. I can't get my dad to watch that movie, though. Why? Because he hates The Rock, and he's worried that The I Rock... I thought you hate The Rock, too. I'm back and forth. I don't hate The Rock. I never said I hated The Rock. I just think his popularity is a little uh, insane. Yes. You're the one with the co-worker. You're the one with the normie co-workers that like, think The Rock's cool. Uh, yeah. If it's not him, they simp for it's Jason Momoa. But yeah, like, but yeah, but yeah, no, just pull like, up the attitude era of the rock saying raunchy shit, like calling <laughs> Kevin Kelly her Herman the freaking hermaphrodite. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, you know, it's like um uh what was I gonna say? Yeah, I can't convince dad to watch Hobbs and Shaw because he doesn't he hates the rock and he's worried that like, he's worried that uh the rock, like the rock like upstage upstages Jason Statham, who we who he actually likes. I'm like, no. I'm like, I told him, honestly, I feel like The Rock got his ass kicked way more than Jason Statham. I'm like, I'm just saying, Jason Statham as a funny dude is pretty fucking funny. Oh, yeah. That's why I was pissed when Rock left the franchise. I'm like, you finally have a Fast and Furious movie I kind of give a shit about. What was that movie with fucking Jenna McCarthy and fucking Jason Statham, that oh, spy movie? God, yeah. Wasn't like Statham fucking hilarious in that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's just like basically uh, quoting like called Spy? Yeah. Yeah, and he's just like a meme version of himself. Yes. He's like, like the one line I remember most was, one time I got my arm torn off and then I reattached it with this fucking arm. Or when he shows up at the end after being like thrown into the ocean, he's like, wait, where'd you get a suit? He's like, I fucking made it, didn't I? <laughs> just shit like that. I, I always hope that movie gets a sequel because they, they, had, they had a good movie on their hands. I'm just saying, Jason Stavis is fucking hilarious. Oh, he's great. I love him. He's my favorite 80s action hero. It's just that he makes movies in the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, what was the last Statham movie? Hob I want to say Hobson Shaw. It was probably Fuck. something else. What should we watch now? No, The Mag. The Mag? The Mag. Where does this sound like? The Mac? The Mac. Yeah, Mac. That Where's, was like a Mac? trilogy. Where's the of, Mac? That was like a trilogy of books. The Mag. Fuck, what movie should we watch, though? Jason Statham. No, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of leaning towards a Statham movie. <laughs> I almost suggest Do you want to do another fucking quick journey? <sighs> Seriously, when we were talking earlier, I'm like, fuck, Tropic Thunder would be a pretty fun movie to watch. Oh, I will watch Tropic Thunder. And like, how the fuck do we approach Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface? It had a point. But here's the thing. It's like, fuck, dude, not going to lie. That, that literally came out a year or two before Iron Man. 
Just remember that. No, and that came out after Iron Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that role was originally intended for Owen Wilson. Luckily, Robert Downey Jr. comes as a little bit that more movie charismatic. Came, that movie came out after Cars and Tropic Thunder. Just remember that. And, Tropic and, Thunder? Yeah, Tropic Thunder did. It came out after Cars and uh, after Iron Man. That's crazy. And, and Lightning McQueen is probably Owen Wilson's most recognizable role. Wow. Chacow. 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 Fuck, what movie? Seriously, I'm like so like down. I was like, fuck, do you want to wa- want to watch both Crank movies? I was going to recommend Crank. Or Transporter. I've actually never seen the Transporter movies. I might have seen like one or two There's ones, like four of them, I, I think, like, but only two of them have Jason Statham. But well, I'm only watching the ones with fucking Jason Statham. No, there's like three for sure with Jason Statham. Yeah, but Crank, the first one at least, has like Amy Smart. But she's like back in the second one, I think. Yeah, but those are like the only movies I really remember her in besides that DreamWorks movie, Robots. Hmm. She was a kind of big name for a while. Fuck. But I'm so down for Jason Statham cheese, cheesy you shit. You want to flip a coin? Heads for a crank, tails No, no, for- you decide. No, you flip the coin and whatever it lands on first will be... Uh, Cranked. Sorry, I was like, want to say transporter? I'm like, no. Okay, let's see. All right, what do we got? First one's tails. All right, tails for crank. Okay, so best three out of five. Here we go. Heads. One for transporter. Heads. Two for a transporter. Heads. <laughs> Damn, it really wants like, dude, transporter is the way to go. I guess so. Oh fuck. Let me let me look up that shit real quick. Oh. So yeah, the transporter. Dude, 2002. Fuck. Looks like we're staying in 2002 for the next movie. Oh. All right. Sound like a good spot to wrap up the cast. We're about to wrap up the cast. So, yeah. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Danger Radio Show. I thought you were saying This is a very packed episode. Yeah. We have went almost two hours and 20 minutes. Why? (laughs) We shouldn't have. Fuck us. Timestamps will be next next week. We're going to start talking about Transporter. Could we talk about something better? Yes. (laughs) But I want to watch some Jason Statham cheese. Why? Because this is our fucking podcast, and fucking we do her the fuck we want. And Jason Statham is. Yes.